What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another Timmins podcast. I'm your host, Timmin. This is my podcast where I have uh, real conversations with authentic people. And today's guest is Jesse Stolzfus. He is what I envision every Goshen knight, every person of Goshen should be. Um, just a beautiful individual doing awesome things. Links below in the show notes for the stuff he's doing. Stolzfus Manor, Trees of Goshen. Uh, for sure, check those out. We had a great conversation. I've learned so much about Jesse. Every time I sit down with someone, I learn a little bit more about just their backstory. And, and I love, love learning more about individuals. And he's got a great story. So I won't spoil it. He's got some cool stuff. You're going to love this conversation. Let me get to, to some business real quick. One, I got a Twitter. I'm thinking about getting Twitter blue. Not sure about that yet, but the Twitter is Timmons Podcast, all one word on Twitter. And then I also have a YouTube where you can actually watch this recorded, uh, Timmons Podcast on YouTube, all one word. Um, they should be linked also in the show notes. So go check those out. Sub if you have not subbed. Uh, it's fun to see just us and what we're doing. Um, and the big news, I have a baby daughter. So uh, last podcast I released about 24 hours later, boom, she was born. It was awesome. Very healthy. Uh, her name is Noah Joy, and uh, she is the love of my life. Um, so anyways, I just want to thank you. Shout out to everyone that's been, you know, kept us in our thoughts and prayers and uh, wanted to give you the news. So that's really exciting. So, well, okay, enough of news, enough of business. Let's get to the podcast, guys. Jesse Stolzfus, you guys are going to love it. Enjoy. Let's in just, between. let's start it. Let's just start it. <laughs> okay. Chickens and bees. How welcome. Do we, how do we start a podcast? Uh, chickens and bees. Well, you hit, turn it on. So it's on. And it's going. Oh. And we're, and that's how it goes. What do we do? Like cheers? Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Cool. Jesse, welcome brother. Thank you, Timon. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, it's been, yeah, you're definitely someone I've been wanting to podcast with, uh, for a minute. And nope. so this is okay, good. Well. And you gave me the suggestion to have Richard on. That was a solid podcast. I had a blast. Was it? Yeah. I missed it. Dude, yeah. Well, was, I'll just have to look for it. Yeah. He's, okay, cool. I don't know what episode it is, but he was solid. We just oh, sat yeah. and chatted and went into some deep stuff. He's been giving me podcast advice to oh, like, yeah. hey, listen to them. And I'm like, like, dude, blowing my mind on some what, stuff. Pajot and everybody? Or yeah, it was yeah, um, the Lord of Spirits podcast. They are... These uh, Eastern Orthodox guys who like break down some deep stuff on yeah. like just biblical things, and it blows my mind on some stuff. I need to so. do more. Of that. I need to, yeah. Well, yeah. I've been going to the Orthodox Church. Right. Yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's you, beautiful you went. Tradition. He told me you went for Pes Pescar. Pasca. Pes Pasca. Yeah, about a year ago. So I've been going for a solid year and almost a half now. Yeah. Yeah, it's and good. This, you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's something to it. There, I think there's. Well, did you grow up in like Mennonite? Mennonite, okay. Yep. Started East Goshen, ended up at Eighth Street, and then okay. twenty years out. Okay, like, yeah. My first foray back into the church. Wow. Yup. Whoa. Okay. I went to the old school. Yeah, <laughs> but there's something too because you grow up in, and I don't know those churches super well, but I've been around that kind of church. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they sing hymns, right? But then they have the sermon and the stuff, or maybe they'll do a little more contemporary. I'm not sure if it was similar. Yeah, but. the the two churches were. Mix of like conservative and liberal. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's your typical, maybe one hour, two hour service, and then yep. you're done. Yep. There's some community. There. Yeah. Yep. You're like, I love, I miss the four part harmony. Although we get that in the Orthodox Church. Too. Yeah. 
I was gonna say, yeah, do you know Adrian? You know Adrian Charles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he yeah. used to show me some of the Gregorian chants. Wow. I don't know if they're Gregorian, but whatever the chants are, they're just yeah. so solid. They are. I yeah. love them. Yeah, there's deep. Yeah, but, and yeah. there's no like. It's very interesting. Like, so going after having gone there for a year and a half now, I still don't know all the lyrics to all the songs. Mm. There's no songbook. Oh wow! You just show up and you start following along. It's all oral. You're just learning by repetition. Oh wow! Now there are you can look it up. There you can look up the entire service. Um, just recently, I found out there's a website that has it all on. I'm oh, like, wow. oh wow, that's kind of helpful. <laughs> Is so, it the same service that everyone's doing at the same time? All the of? Antiochian churches do the same service around the country oh, at the same time. That's cool. Actually, it's pretty cool, right? Because you tied into a whole group of body doing the yeah. And the same service has been done for what I'm understanding is around 1,700 years. Wow. So there's a lot of connection to that. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that, there's there's substance. I love that substance. I'm not saying that the other churches, East Mennonite or 8th Street, didn't have it or oh, regular churches. any other churches. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But there is something to that. And the symbolism, I think we miss a lot of that. I was talking to someone and they're like, they, they went from um, normal... I would say evangelical, not normal, but evangelical Christian, yeah. Protestant Christian. They went Catholic, and they're oh, yeah, that's a big switch. They switched, yeah, and they're <laughs> yeah. talking. They're like, you guys don't have altars. Like, where do you go and sacrifice? Mm. You know, and think about the sacrifices mm. the Lord did for you. Things like that. Yeah. You just there's simple there's symbols in the whole thing of yes. the whole worship that everything has a purpose. Yeah, and it's been built on for generations. Yeah. That's yeah. It's just it's cool to be a part of something that's that old. You know, that's cool. And I know they're growing. That's all they are. They are. It's a very yeah. It's a. It's very healthy. It is a growing church. Yeah. So we got this new building coming up. I'm excited to help out with that, and so it's gonna be cool. Yeah. To help actually build the church. Do you enjoy being part of a community too? I mean, you've always been probably yeah part of a community. Absolutely, and one that you know is gonna be there every single week. Yeah. Every week you go, they're there. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. Yeah, and you're all different flavors of who yeah. knows what. And oh, uh, it's it's a very interesting church in that it's not based in a ge- it's a geographically obviously anything is based geographically, but um there's a large Warsaw contingent. Mm. There like people come from all over to come to St. Mary's. It is not it's not like a local church. Right. It is a region I guess I'd call it a regional church. Yeah. And St. Mary's from what I understand and I am like by noon, yeah, they're a year, right? Yeah, like I don't know a whole yeah. <laughs> lot about the state of the Orthodox Church in America, how many there are. Um, I know there are different flavors of it, yeah. Like there's the Antiochian, and then there's there's some others. Um, but apparently, there's people really think highly of St. Mary's and mm-hmm. what has been created there and the unique mix of people. That's cool, and for like a church its size to be doing what it's doing. In within the Orthodox community, it's seen as being a powerful, like that's awesome, powerful church. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, from what I understand. Yeah, <laughs> well, and you you're experiencing it, experiencing Absolutely. it. So Absolutely. there's that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. So 20 years off, and then coming back to this, it was just relationship that brought you really going to. Uh, friends of mine went there. Yeah. Um, that's a good darn question. Uh. Yeah, we're going deep. <laughs> right away. Just needed to something different. Yeah. Just needed to be like, okay, I'm not, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm. like I'm not, I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to go try this out and see like, 
I like what these people are doing. Like I see these people, I see their lives and it's like, Oh dang. Like these people love their families. They like love their community. Like I want to be around that. Yeah. I want to be around people that are like, you know, have hope. I would say, yeah. See, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of like despair in the world, you know? And like places where people are investing in children and like community and family. And it's like, Oh, they actually have hope. That's a beautiful thing. They're not, they're not like just hating themselves. Right. Or just yeah. like, it's done. We're done. Right. Or, or it's right. over. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there is that. There's that air, like, to just be done. I felt that before. I think yeah. that, I mean, my generation has really felt, I I'm sense it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got to see hope in any Dude. situation. That's a really helpful thing. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me. Yeah. It's hard for me to see it. I mean, like, it's all depressing, you know, like. Yeah, <laughs> to be real. <laughs> to be real, yeah. It's just, but you got to have some kind of hope. I mean, like, most you got. Right. You know, we're just doing what every other freaking species on earth does. Yeah. Just trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and it's a grind. It's such a grind. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, like, pick and choose what your grind is, too. Like, some lady called me the other, what was it, yesterday, and uh, was asking me about, you know, electrical work. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I got your number. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I need this. Uh, am I, are you, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay, great. cool. It's like, oh, we need this fence hooked up. I'm up on State Road 4. I was like, oh, I love farms. I was like, sure, I'd love that. She's like, well, we're a we're a business. I'm like, oh, well, what do you do? She's like, well, we're, we're a transport company. I was like, oh, God, you're not putting in an RV parking lot, are you? Uh, I was like, I'm out. And she was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I... I don't it's, know. They're everywhere. It just like makes me sad. Yeah. No, I I feel the same thing. And then when <laughs> the, the industry busts, it's just going to be empty parking lots. Yeah. Overgrown empty parking lots. Right. That you, what are you going to do with like a whole thing of packed gravel? Yeah. What are you going to do with that? You can't grow anything on it. No, it's dead. Yeah. I've seen that over and over and over. It's sad to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Well, in our it's case, like salting the earth. Yeah. Like <laughs> let's just kill everything. And there's yeah. been beautiful stuff that's like we're in a lush area. We've got great soil, and then you just pack it full of stone. I mean, this was like, well, I was just talking with Brian Wurlidge and mm-hmm. somebody else, yeah, and Cody Holiday and Daniel Wilson, a mint farmer from down in Kosciuszko who oh, goes to cool. our church. Got to go check this That's out. cool. Yeah. Does he do it for like gum and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Colgate Palmolive, Wrigley. Like, no way. They make their own mint oil still. What? Yeah, legit. They're actually going to start stilling the mint here soon and okay. get, i'm gonna go down and see it i'm very excited oh that's so cool. so um but they were t- we were talking about the great kankakee marsh which was mm-hmm. from yeah my uh in-laws live in demont which okay. is like kankakee central they drained it in world oh, war ii God. right around then or something Dishes and tiles yeah yeah it was like the everglades of the midwest is what they called it that's what we were talking about yeah yeah and it was Insane. Every type of bird species and all this stuff, and it's gone. It was rich. It was, it yeah. Was filthy rich with, like, just natural resources. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we can do better than that. Watch this. Corn. <laughs> like, wow. Every, every third year, soybeans. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, let's go crazy. Uh, I think you used could... to go to, like, almost Napanee, I think. Or it was it was pretty, f- like, from almost Chicago to Napanee. Yeah, it was huge. Lengthwise. It, it was, was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Which is marshland and yeah, I was like up in Michigan today, and there's like, there's this one valley, like you come into it's up south of Decatur. Okay, 
And you just go down and you hit this valley and it's just black soil. It's beautiful. We have some of that around here too. There's that one, there's like that little valley out east of Goshen that when you go out in, it like dips down and then you look at Lake, Butts Lake, I think maybe not. Mm, It's around that area. Yeah. Maybe a little further south. I don't remember, but yeah, you go down into this like long straightaway in this a bit of a valley, and it's just black soil, and you're yeah. just like, this is that. nice. Yeah, it is nice. <laughs> in Syracuse, I've seen that in Syracuse a little bit yeah. too. There's some like marshlands and yeah. stuff. Well, it's just fascinating how like the soil types can differ like within hundreds of yards, mm-hmm. just basically where these glaciers like deposited different different deposits of soil or sediment or whatever over the years. Yeah. And got clay, sand. Yeah, you you know. go a little bit this way. There's like, Home. like down working. Like we're all pretty much sandy down here. Yeah. Thankfully, despite your basement issues, like <laughs> we do have pretty good drainage up here. We're on the higher ground. Yeah. You know, like yeah. all right. Goshen is known for its floods. It is down there. <laughs> down there, right? Down there, right? We're up Not on, here. We're on the high ground. Yeah. And uh, I was working down by the college, and there's just like this pocket down the Grayroy neighborhood, and these people they're building a new house, and it was solid clay. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just like, what, two miles? Yeah. That's not very far at all. No. Yeah. Blocks. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Well, for the listeners at home, you do electrical work, right? I sling copper in artistic and craftsman-like manners. (laughs) (laughs) It is a song and dance, and it is a like- It's interesting. You are doing things. It's problem solving. I've seen you at work. It is, yeah. It's, you know, you are just making things- come together well, yeah i was talking with uh this hvac guy on a job today and well, i can't remember what we were really talking about but you know we're just like yep every day you come to work and you have to solve another problem yeah there's always you're always going to find something new yeah you just totally gotta, different each time how to make it work it's a big puzzle it's a very yeah it's like playing with legos really yeah Except you hurt your body. <laughs> you don't step. You don't something. like step on the Lego. You just yeah. get like carpal tunnel after like ten years. And you're like, oh shit. When did you start doing? Was that something you just did? Like, well, how? Uh, That's a good question. I, yeah, I got so many questions. But yeah, we'll go there. Back it up. Yeah, back it up. <laughs> we could even start before that. Oh, you want to do that? Would did, were you always a Goshen resident? When all right, let me even go before. All right, even farther. Might when I real. think Goshen. <laughs> I think of you. Oh, come on. For for a lot of reasons. Just because you are community oriented, ah. you garden, you are craftsmen, there's all these things and you're well connected. Yeah. And I think there's just something to that. And so you're like the who I would want every Goshen person to be like. Always different. <laughs> they're all they're all a little like flavored. <laughs> Don't different. listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, you you are like uh you have the essence, I think, which oh, is a beautiful I'm... thing. So how'd you get here? And how'd that come well, about? I was born and raised. Okay. Yeah, my parents were uh, both from Lancaster. My mom actually grew up in the Bronx in New York City. Her father was a pastor, a Mennonite pastor in the Bronx, a cab driver by day, pastor by night. And and they bounced. They were mostly in the Bronx, but they bounced around. But both my parents were born in Lancaster. And they met because my dad went to New York City to the inner city church from their church, Hmm. like their youth group. So you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. So like inner city experience yep. at a inner city church. Yeah. And a week my, long something probably yeah, or met whatever. Met my mom and they were on the Staten Island Ferry and they started writing letters back and forth after that. Oh. So that's, uh, yeah. And that's, that's why I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad went to Goshen College. My mom went to Heston. Okay. And he stayed after they got uh, they got married He and he just stayed here. Mm. So they're still around. My dad's over every day. 
That's cool. Yeah. I think I've met him. I was picking, he was picking cherries one time. Uh, that sounds like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. It is. Yeah. So yeah. Born and raised here. And then I went to Purdue. Okay. Uh, got an associate's degree in electrical engineering technology and then peaced out. Yeah. I, went, I went AWOL for a while. <laughs> yeah. Five years in New Orleans as well no as California. Uh, I was a musician. Or I don't know what it was. The Bohemian lifestyle. Yeah. Traveling in veggie oil powered buses and no like, way. Yeah, and like uh, underground circuses, we'd play at like vegan punk squats and art collectives. Oh, and that's so sick. Random warehouses in the middle of you know Austin or yeah Portland, Seattle, just. Just really like granola y grungy. Oh, it was of. wild. Yeah. yeah. Stayed in squats that were like burned out, you know. Oh, way. Hey. Yeah. Did a bicycle tour with a band. Um, you guys biked to each location? Yeah. We went from Eugene, Oregon to Bellingham, Washington oh my and back. It was around two to 3,000 miles oh totally traveled. Word. Yeah. So we did that over two months. Uh, that was the Sour Mash Hug Band back in like 2008. Is that right? Nine? It was nine or ten, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So uh had our all our instruments. We were a nine piece. Wow. And, you know, we just bicycled all over the Pacific Northwest playing shows at farmers markets and bars and Yeah. Whoever wanted us. It was great. I mean it was like it was a tour that was planned ahead. Right. We just went and it was bare bones. We had no money. It was fantastic. And you just went in. went hiking. Just what uh instrument did you play? Uh, I am trained on the violin classically through the Suzuki program here. And then, uh, yeah, so mainly violin. But I also played drum when I was down in New Orleans, marching bass drum. I played in Dixieland bands and Eastern European string bands. And violin I played in a, oh, what do you call it, Ukrainian folk punk band. That was the biggest band I was in. And we were, that was a wild time. (laughs) We played lots of fun shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was that's cool. awesome. Well, I knew you have a, I know you have a love for music, you know. Yeah. And so I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Never seen yeah that. I don't play yeah. enough anymore. I'm still teaching a little though. Okay. Yeah, I have a uh, Chris Collot's daughter Phoebe. Okay. She's been coming over once a week and just showing her a little on the how to do it. Uh, it's mainly to keep her like you know, cause I I'm just like her like I hated to practice. Mm. I'm like, oh, did you practice this week? And she's like, well, and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Yeah, like this let's is have your some, hour of exactly. Yeah. Let's have some fun. Like keep it in your fingers. Mm-hmm. Keeps it in my fingers too. It helps. You know. Yeah, it's I'm a like, language. It is. I ain't getting better at it, but um, yeah, it is. It totally is, man. Like you take a, if you can figure out somebody else's music, you don't need to speak their language. Mm. They will invite you into their homes, to their world. They will consider you an honorary member of their society if you can speak that language Hmm. it's amazing like i have been places where people just like you just sit down and start jamming with them in their like world yeah yeah oh it opens opens, oh lord it opens you may not even be able to communicate but they they they're just like you can communicate absolutely that's cool it's beautiful and not i mean i can't speak them all because there's so many different styles of music and some are just incredibly hard yeah but you know, once you get the basics of it, like a lot of it's very rudimentary. So. Yeah, it's patterns. It's all patterns. Figure yeah. out what that pattern is. Yeah, yeah. I play a little bit, but not anything too crazy. I haven't traveled in a vegetable yeah, yeah, yeah. oil van. 
I love that. Did you guys just go like to McDonald's and say, hey, do you have any used vegetable oil? Can we throw it in the back or stuff uh, like that? Or we would go it? to restaurants, stuff yeah. like that, and pump it out. Yeah. That's the way to do it. You know? yeah. Oh, God, I would never do it again. It's horrible. Because uh, you'd probably have to strain <laughs> it and then put it in. Oh, it's so messy. Is it really? Yeah. I did it once in a, with a girlfriend years ago, too. It was like we had a little veggie oil rabbit. Okay. And we went down to – that was how I got down to Louisiana the first time. <laughs> like, yeah, we had um, – she came did back from some it? music camp, huh? Did you make it, or did you just buy it, the veggie what? oil rabbit, or did you like convert it? We, she was converting it when I first met her, and then I helped her like develop Get into it. it. Like yeah. we made fiberglass storage tanks and stuff, and I had done some fiberglassing before, so we just started making tanks and gotcha. all sorts of stuff, so that we could process on the road. Cool. Yeah, you know, in this little car, <laughs> Night, <laughs> nightmare. I mean, sometimes, most of the times, it was fine, but. It just, it's messy and it stinks. Yeah. So she had come back from um, a music camp and learned some Cajun music. And we were like, oh, this is fun. We want to travel. Let's go learn some Cajun music down south. So we went down and I think I just, I looked up Cajun band on whatever Google was at the time or whatever. Right. Ask Jeeves or whatever was around. Like (laughs) Bing. 2005. Yeah. Yeah. 2004. Cha Cha. You would text it. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Okay, never mind. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was just my, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I emailed this person on a ca- in a Cajun band. I was like, hey, where should we go if we want to go learn Cajun music down in Louisiana? And they were like, oh, talk to this place. And so we it was the Blue Moon Saloon and Guest House. And Catherine Scheffler, if you ever watch this, she's one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Kathleen Shetler. Cat, no, Cat, Caf- Catherine Scheffler. Komu is actually her, her married name. Okay. But she and Mark, uh, I can't remember his name, but they ran the Blue Moon Saloon and Guest House, which is still going to this day. Wow. It's like a cultural hotspot in Lafayette, Louisiana. And it was uh, a hostel, and the back porch was a saloon with a dance floor. (laughs) And so we worked there. We stayed and worked um, just running the hostel. So we would check in guests. We would make the beds. We'd clean the toilets. We'd make sure the kitchen's clean. And met all sorts of people from all over the world and they would come there and it was during Mardi Gras too. So that was my first Mardi Gras was in Lafayette. Oh my word. It wasn't in New Orleans. It was out in Cajun country. Yeah. And it was a wild. Oh, it was amazing. And we were every, every Wednesday night was, uh, was a Cajun jam at, so we, every week there were like now Grammy award winning artists coming to, that establishment and they live down the block like the pine leaf boys who are like an up-and-coming band at the time cajun band you know like the next generation upcoming yeah um they just lived a couple block like a couple houses down the way and so they would come over to the jams on wednesday night so we were learning from like some of the best musicians of that era that's where they're cutting their teeth in a way Right. Oh well, they grew up on it. Like, yeah, they weren't cutting their teeth. They, they were, they were living. like hitting their stride, you know. Okay. So we were learning from them and just met so many amazing people within that community because we both played violin. We were learning the language. Wow. So that opened doors too, and then, so we were there for like two months and just met so many people. It was a beautiful, beautiful time. Wow. And we left. We left and came back to Indiana. Moved to Bloomington. We split up, and I went back. This was right after Katrina. Wow. Or I, I hate calling it Katrina because it's really the failure of the levee system. Like that's the. That was the issue. Right. It wasn't the hurricane. It was. It was not the. It infrastructure. Was the, it was infrastructure failure. So um, go Army Corps of Engineers. Woo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Um, I just think of Kanye telling everyone that George Bush hates black people. <laughs> Classic. God bless Kanye. Yeah, God bless Kanye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless everybody. Yes, bless yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, uh, so you go after that then, after Katrina. So you're back. I went back down there. We the hit, me and my buddy hitchhiked down. That was a, that was a cool trip too. Ah. Yeah. Ended up in a lazy boy on the back of a truck. Uh, going down the Natchez Trace Parkway, and he and I would switch back and forth. It was like this random couple from Alabama or Mississippi or something who were coming back from uh, their mom's funeral or something. They had her Lazy Boy. Oh, wow. And they didn't even have enough gas money to get home, so we gave them some money, and they let us just like... Chill in the back. Yeah, chill in the back of the truck. And so we got to do the Natchez Trace Parkway. In a Lazy Boy. Backwards. (sighs) The whole way. It was beautiful. Yeah. That was a good hitchhike. And... uh, and then they let us stay the night at their house, too. And, oh, that's cool. You know, with, like, the Confederate flag bowie knife on the mantle, <laughs> eating green beans out of a can, baby. That was... No. <laughs> yeah, actually, only time I've ever been called an environmentalist in, a like, a derogatory tone. Really? Well, I mean, he was like, we're sitting there eating dinner. You know, it's like, we just met these people. And they're right. like, y'all are some of them environmentalists? And I was like, well... uh, Sir, I, I, I care about the environment in which I live. So, um, yes. <laughs> I was like, do, do, do you care about, yeah, about the environment in, in which you live? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think I confused them enough that we just moved on to the next yeah. subject. You know, luckily it was all good. Uh, that was, environmentalist. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. It was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so then we ended up back there, and that was um, there was not it, they were packed because of everybody had left New Orleans, and there was mm-hmm. no hotels within like five hundred miles. Gotcha. So every hostel, any bed that was available within five hundred miles, all that stuff, they you were got just... it. It was crazy. So yeah, we had FEMA people who were working for FEMA living at the hostel. Wow. And, you know, we had like a bunk room upstairs that was like twelve, fifteen bunks, and then there was smaller bunk rooms, but like there were. There was only a couple spots available, so my buddy and I started working there hmm. and just helping out because they needed a lot of help because, well, there's a lot of bodies in there. So yeah. we were washing laundry, doing, you know, just doing the same thing again. And I met this uh, this artist from New Orleans, Amesy Adams, who's like, if you ever think of a person who epitomizes a character or um, like an archetype or something, yeah. it's this guy. Like he dresses like Sergeant Pepper. Okay. He wears a top hat with an eyeball on it. Okay. Sunglasses that have snakes in them. Oh, wow. And like, that's him. There's murals of him now in New Orleans. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's an artist. Yeah. He's in the Ken Burns uh, documentary on New Orleans. Oh, wow. They interviewed him. And I got, I was like, tangentially, (laughs) yeah, I got to, I'm in the Ken Burns documentary. No way. Yeah. I mean, not like, they didn't interview me or nothing, but but like, there's a video of me playing in his band in, in Jackson Square. Wow. In the New Orleans Ken Burns documentary. Just random shit, right? I don't yeah. know how it happened, but... You were just there at the time, and it just did Yeah, so I met him there when he, he had evacuated, and he was like... He was out in New Orleans. He was living there. And he was... I played violin, and he was like, hey, you play music with me. My band left. Wow. He was like, do you want to come back? You can stay in, our, in my place. And it was a total roach-infested shithole, but in one of the <laughs> most amazing neighborhoods ever. Wow. This is now in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. So after that, and I, we were going to go to California. We right. weren't going to go to New Orleans. We were just kind of stopping in. Yeah, because you'd out. known it. You'd been there. And then, you know. I'd like, never been to California. At oh, point. I'm sorry. Uh, Lafayette. Oh, actually. 
Yeah, so we you were, were down in Lafayette. Right, and then you were going to go to California. Yeah. Right. And I'd been once out there to uh, a <laughs> didgeridoo festival. <laughs> <laughs> Hippie. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So uh, out in Joshua Tree. That was, that was Dude, actually I've a lot of fun. went to Joshua Tree uh, last Christmas, and it was a beautiful. beautiful. 29 Palms is where we stayed. Yeah. It was a little less crazy yeah. than Joshua. It was a bit less packed. And yeah. I could get in and out, and we were there when it blizzarded. No, It was crazy. You saw snow there? Yeah. It was. A, I got tra- uh, like trapped in the park. I couldn't get out of the park because it blizzarded. It was sweet. <laughs> I'm like, I tried to get here, I'll get away from the snow. Right, I'm, right. Well, was, the desert gets cold, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's just weird that it's cold and wet at the same time. Like, it was a, a f- freak phenomenon. Yeah. And I'm like, this is sweet. I'm, I'm yeah. going here. Like, oh, yeah, I went to Joshua Tree and it snowed. You didn't yeah. snow for you? Yeah. <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't my experience. Yeah. 100% snowed. snow. And then God spoke to me. It was great. Yeah. yeah that's classic Joshua <laughs> I Tree. I came down from like. There were uh, UFOs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like tablets and everything. It's yeah, great. Tablets, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six and nine. Yeah, like, were those acid tablets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a couple of those uh, vans out in the desert. You know, there's yeah, just... Yeah. Oh, people are people just, just chilling out there. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, uh, you know, I'd uh, go back and forth to California and New Orleans sometimes. And um, on road trips, I would just pull off into the desert and yeah. just camp out at night. It's, yeah. it's beautiful, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, no one's out there. Nobody's getting, they don't nobody, care. nobody wants to message you. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are just passing on through. You want another one? I'm about to get another one. You know what? It's Friday. Yeah. That's where I'm at too. I'm so. about, I'm about one pound of blueberries. Half, well, <laughs> on the way down, I, I bought like 40 pounds of blueberries. Fresh picked. Yeah. Those are the, you, I, mm-hmm. hands down best yep. is when you just right off the vine. That's with anything. Yeah. That's Last, with anything. I, I'm kind of sad because like normally I go out and pick mm-hmm. and then I ask them the price difference. I'm like, well, how much is it per pound for if I pick it? And they're like two ninety nine. I was like, well, how much is a 10 pound box? And they're like $32. And I was like, that's the same. Yeah. It's like $3 and 20 cents a pound for a fr- box of frozen blueberries. I'm like, right. I'm just going to buy your frozen blueberries. Right. I'm just going to go Save home. my time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saved three, I three dollars and it took me two hours to do exactly. this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. No, it ain't happening. I'm done. I don't have to wash them or nothing. Yeah. This is great. It's good. Uh, wait, where were we? All talking? right. So you were in New Orleans playing music. Yeah. So you I were going to uh, go to California. Oh, I did go to California many times. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, down in New Orleans, I was a street performer. I would play... By myself a lot. Okay. Out on the street, just me and my violin. That's how I started. And then as I got into bands and stuff, I started- Is that busking? Is yeah, that what it is? Okay. Yeah. And then as I got into bands, I started playing with uh, just lots of bands and stuff. That yeah. Was, yeah. That is the boho life. It is the totally busking. bohemian life. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got involved in a lot of weird like art projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just random art projects. It was great. You know, making floats and- puppet shows and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did you get back to Goshen then? Like, let's bring this all the way back. Oh yeah. How did I get back to Goshen? I just kind of was like, I can't, this isn't, this isn't my life. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably I, fun, but you're going from thing to thing and you're kind of like, I had a bad band breakup essentially. Mm. And it was like, well, I guess I'm either starting over with another band or I just, I knew I could come back here and get right back on the farms. I also, over the years, 
uh, when I was here, I started working on a lot of the small organic farms in the area. Okay, like Clay Bottom or... Clay Bottom, Blue Heron, Sustainable Greens. So, like, that's where I got my love for farming. Hmm. Not, I mean, my dad's always been an amazing gardener. Yeah. You know, but, like, I hated it when I was a kid. Right. So, yeah, you're picking you know, weeds and... Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Uh, give me some Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that corn at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we drained the Kinkakee for this. Exactly. <laughs> we drained the Kinkakee for Cheetos, and all I get is raspberries. Come on, yeah, man. Come on. Not a fair trade. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. So over the years, I had worked on a lot of the different farms. Like when I first got back from college, I was working at the Maple City Market for a year. Okay. And then I moved into working on these little farms in the area. That's a good connection hub. I love Maple City Market, oh, and they nice. bring in yeah. a lot of local produce. They do, absolutely. And so I yep. can see how you would start yeah. connecting with that. Yeah, so that kind of, that was my first foray into, like, organic agriculture and and how to grow things. Just, like, how to produce food mm-hmm. in ways that are somewhat sustainable mm-hmm. or at least intelligent. I mean, like, actual food, not, like industrial product right fodder monocrop right exactly. it's yeah so uh yeah working the farmers markets and just working the fields and it was one still like one of the you know formative biggest formative aspects of my life hmm. just learning how to work the land day in day out being essentially being a farm laborer you know it yeah. gives me a lot of respect for the people that actually go out and do that shit their whole lives you know right especially in you know and non-organic, like people dealing with like pesticides and herbicides and all that shit. Oh yeah, it's interesting. So I've like through the church, I've been meeting more um, uh, younger farmers that like this Daniel Wilson guy mm-hmm. um, who farms the mint, and just having conversations with him, and he's like talking about these conversations that happen within the greater farming community, like. Yeah. These, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 acre farms, which is kind of a standard size these days. Yeah. There's none of these mom and pops anymore. It's, it's no, and it's increasingly millions going. Millions of dollars to get even in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're talking yeah. just price per acre is insane. So, I, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't really talk to modern ag because I'm not in it and I'm glad mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it seems like a very vicious cycle of like, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, right? But like, it's not sustainable. Like, no. And, I was sending him an article the other day uh, uh, about the phosphorus mines in Morocco. And, you know, we got the NPK ratio. Like, they figured out that if you add, like, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, right? Like, plants grow big. Yeah. Like, man, grow big plant. Yeah. Get much food. (laughs) So that's what we do. Um, But that requires an infinite supply of inputs in order to create a somewhat infinite supply of outputs. Right. That is not the case. And it gets it gets increasingly hard to find those things and get them to put them on the fields, and then we end up with like dead zones in the oceans mm-hmm. and algae blooms, and, and like yeah. look at Lake Erie. Lake Erie is just jacked right now. Yeah, I mean the hypoxic dead zones all over the earth are just mind blowing. Like yeah. how much how much we're putting in. Yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, you know, I, I, when I was in Florida, there was the red algae uh, yeah. issue, and it was just. Red algae all on the and just droves of it, mm-hmm. and then fish, yeah. and then from that these bugs that came from it. It was just oh, it's nasty. Yeah, it was yeah, and it's so toxic. Gross. You can't even swim in it. Yeah, they would. They we weren't allowed on the beaches. Like red algae warning. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Yeah, I'm here for the ocean, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like spring break. Yeah, no. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah, yeah. 
There's the sargassum that there's like these big seaweed blooms, Mm. like these big floating mats of seaweed that are just like sucking up all the nutrients and loving it Mm. and washing ashore on all these islands and just killing local tourism and whatnot. Mm. Not that I'm a big fan of tourism, but yeah. I could go into that, but we don't have to right now. I digress. We'll but get you're back talking to with these big farmers and what would, well, what just, it's just all unsustainable. Like there has to be an end or a change. Yeah. There's, there's no other way. Well, what they say, we have 60 years left of, of topsoil. If that left and the nutrients in this topsoil. Right. It's like, it's yeah. not, it's all extractive. Or it's kind of like, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, even look at, um, obesity rates and just people that what they're eating is where i mean yeah we're feeding way more people but we're dying we're not feeding people it's yeah where how would you how would you describe that we're we yes and no right like we're feeding them but it's garbage if you don't give them food what are you actually doing yeah i think waste runoff enjoy it yeah 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 (laughs) like the we're bit, we've been looking big into the like the vegetable oils right and how oh, much it's dude. in everything yeah seed oils seed oils is bad it's, it's very bad. rough yeah it is crazy and then yeah so that's just it's in everything you can't get away from it, it is. you can you it can just, it just it's in everything it's in everything <laughs> and so it's just like in what was that well they didn't know what to do with it it was a right. a waste byproduct right. oh and they're like okay well what we're we gonna do yeah with this? yeah yeah. You know, it's just like. Well, so phosphorus in the United States, there's, um, they mine it in Florida, right? Okay. And they have this waste product. I think it's called phosphorogypsum, which is radioactive. And they have these huge piles of this radioactive phosphorogypsum or whatever, right? And they're trying to make it legal to use it as an additive in roadways to dispose of it. Oh. They want to put it in the roads, bro. <laughs> they want to have like radioactive roads. And then when it rains, where does that go? Right into it's the drinking fine. water. It's yeah. Fine. Don't even ask, don't, dude, don't ask the questions. Yeah. yeah. Don't filter your water. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> exactly. put a tinfoil hat on. Don't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Let's not talk about Wi-Fi. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's wild. By the yeah. way, you have great Wi-Fi in this house. Yeah. Thank you. No, <laughs> you I don't know. I didn't it know that check. really <laughs> connects with the yeah, yeah, right? yeah. My third eye opens when I walk in and hit the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Get that 5G gigahertz yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. The, uh, yeah. So, so it, how'd you get back to Goshen? You oh, just, well, the I band, that break band up. breakup and mm-hmm. I was just done. I'm like, okay. Like in New Orleans, like I'm a little Mennonite boy, right? Yeah. Like my fun, my idea of fun was getting up on Saturday morning and unicycling to the farmer's market. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to go get some grapefruit. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> I would literally like unicycle like three miles with a backpack on. Yeah. And this, this funny ass farmer, Mr. Timmy Paraloo love, Oh, this Cajun ass, coon ass farmer. He would, his delight in life was like, giving me the biggest, heaviest, like, rutabaga or something he could find just so that I would have to carry it. Oh, God. He was like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, geez, that's huge. And he's like, I knew you'd like it. And I'm just like, oh, God. Off to the farmer's market. Oh, mama yeah. and papa, their honey stand. I I miss that little downtown farmer's market. That's, that's cool. So, yeah. I've, and New Orleans is a very up all night mm-hmm. and there's lots of drugs and yeah. like, it's just, and I was, I've never been like, I'm a, I'm a consumptive. I'll drink my beer. Right. You know, I'll take a toot, but right. like the hard stuff, 
there's a lot of that down there. Yeah. And not, I mean, I'm not saying my friends and like that group is like, like, let, let's just say it. I've known a lot of people who have died since I left. I knew people who yeah. died when I was there. Like it's, yeah. it's fucking tragic. It's, but, yeah. um, and especially now they're putting stuff in like you, you, yeah. you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago you could do cocaine and it was cocaine. Now you don't know what's in it. I don't you know, know. I've never done cocaine. Yeah, so, but yeah. But I just, <laughs> I know that yeah. everything is now laced. Uh, it has the higher probability of it being laced with fentanyl or whatnot. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and I think just the culture of like being up at night at bars drinking. Yeah. And then staying out, staying up till like three, four in the morning. It's just like, it gets old, you know, and I was never good at it. Yeah. Like I wasn't that guy. And that's the cult. That was part of the culture. If you wanted to be a musician, yeah, it's part of that. And there are a lot of very successful musicians from my generation that didn't go down that path, and they have solid careers. They're some of the best musicians in New Orleans. They are like doing very, very well, and yeah. are just freaking rocking it, you know. But like, they're, I don't know. It was just. That's I think not for, the culture, though. Uh, as a general. Probably it's not. a party culture. Yeah. It's just a party culture, you know? And yeah. like, I can't hang, I couldn't hang honestly. Yeah. Like, so I like to be up in the mornings and that's yeah. just there. It's a, it's a nighttime culture yeah. and I'm a morning guy. Yeah. So <laughs> you it see rubs the, the front. Yeah, rub. yeah. And I mean, it was like, it was a wonderful time and it was beautiful. And there was like so many, I, I can't make these stories up. If I were to like start recounting some of the stuff I went through down there, it was all pretty, it was like very positive. Yeah. You know, like, just like, yeah. Never have I been so in a place where so much serendipity happened all the mm. time. Like that place has, uh, it is a force. Mm. It's a force. And I don't, I don't feel like it chewed me up and spit me out, but like I couldn't hang necessarily. Yeah. So, you know, I came back here and started working on a farm. Uh, I went straight to Clay Bottom, lived in their barn for a year. And then uh, they were like, we got to get another intern. I was like, what? I got to go? And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. So it was probably good. And then um, I, get, I started renting my house. Okay. So I rented my house for a year. And that's when I started to be, I joined the electrical company, uh, Shekinah, over in Elkhart. Okay. So I guess that's like a solid 10 years ago. And uh, just to have a job, right? I was like, oh, I need a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And when I was a kid, my dad in high school, he started taking us into the factory after hours, because he would do piece rate down at Terra Transit. He worked in the bus factory down in okay. Paris. Yeah. That's where he retired from after like 30 some years. When you go over the hill, right? You got it. No, yeah. Exactly. Turtle Top Terra Transit. Yeah. yeah. So he was contracted to do, uh, what do you call it? Uh, he would do the ACs, like the condensers and the compressors. So he would hang them and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, but he would do it piece rate after hours. So he would hire us to come in <laughs> do some of it and help him after hours. So in high school, like when I was like 15, 16, yeah. I was already starting to make money working in the factory, learning how to use tools. Yeah. And then by the time I hit college, uh, I was working there every summer. So I paid for college by coming home every summer and working in the factory, <laughs> learning how to use tools, yeah. learning how to build things, learning yeah. how to like fix things. Realizing this sucked so bad, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty happy go lucky kind of guy. Yeah. The, the people there are really good. And it wasn't one of those fast paced factories yeah, you weren't going where everybody was like, 
raging. You know, it yeah. wasn't the. I, I kind of wish it were like Amish, Amish precision because that would have been cool too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. just like these guys that are just like singing about Jesus while they're like <laughs> going nuts building RVs. Yeah. Gotta go to Millbury for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Paris, but. Exactly. <laughs> but it was a wonderful culture and the the company, the the Cripes and the owners mm-hmm. um, were really supportive. And my parents' friends, they went to 8th Street. My dad got a job from Dick Cripe. Um, who went to the same church as them. That's cool. So yeah, my parents were friends of the Cripe. Dick actually just died this last year. Mm. Um, I think he was like in his 80s or 90s. And I got a scholarship from the Cripe Family Foundation all those years ago to go to college. Wow. I mean, it, was, it didn't pay for a lot, but it was, yeah. it was awesome. You know, I'm like, yeah. oh, thank you. So, and I learned how to use tools and I made money and paid for college, which you could apparently do back then. I mean, I worked you know, 40 hours a week and was there every morning at six. And, you know, that was my summer. I didn't really have hang out and do stuff. I I wasn't lazy in the summers. I worked every single day, every summer. So, and I had like a budget, I think it was like $30 a week. Like that's what I could keep. (laughs) I could go out and like, I could go to a movie with my buddies. Yeah. Uh, some popcorn, get some popcorn, whatever. And everything else went to college. Wow. And that was my summer. Wow. And it was great. I loved it. Yeah. You know? So that's where I learned how to use... Sorry, I keep doing the I thing. I know, it's okay. <laughs> but that's where I learned how to use tools. So yeah. that was one of the best educations I ever got. Just getting in there and doing it. Yeah. Learning. It served me well. Like, I know how to, like, operate equipment, mm-hmm. you know? So then I got the job, uh, fast forward, you know, to the electrical work and um, had a great journeyman, uh, John Graber. Um our styles differ, but he was very instrumental in helping me get into the electrical field, and I worked with him every day. And even after I left that company, he ended up leaving the company and coming to work for me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. Uh, we still work together sometimes. Yeah. yeah randomly. But, um, yeah, actually, he got me a job working for the mayor of Elkhart, like, over the past month here. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, He's very, John is very, uh, well connected in Elkhart Mm -hmm. within a lot of different communities. And it's really cool. So it like opens doors that way. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good man. That's cool. John Graber, you're a good man. Yeah. Shout out to John. If he's in Brazil, maybe I'll send this to him and he can listen to it and maybe he'll watch (laughs) it. He's always sending me videos of like, uh, people playing music on the street in Brazil. He's down there Uh, right now. So yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I'm sure he has uh, flexibility. That's the nice thing is when you... Well, he's getting retired, age. Oh, okay. He's yeah. like... I'm out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not totally out. But yeah. But yeah, he's out. <laughs> You're a good man, John Graber. You're a good man. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was the start of my electrical career. And then yeah. bada bing, bada boom, here I am. So after a year of renting, um, I went on land contract. And I've been doing wow. that for a solid decade. So wow. instead of a owing a bank money i owe this really kick-ass guy money that yep has helped me out with the house and that's cool and eventually it'll be yours oh yeah right? that's five the year, five years left wow that's so cool oh, it feels good oh uh, that's so cool <laughs> right yeah. that's a cool way to do it because it, it is and it's your property and you've done a ton of stuff to it oh yeah oh i love what you've done i mean thank you um for those who've never been well, I don't suggest that you go, but it's, it is such a, I mean, you do, you need to stop by, but I'm not going to tell them where you live. But <laughs> it's you, that way. It's, yeah, it's that way. It, <laughs> it is, uh, you've got like almost all of it gardened out. 
except for yeah. your patio and your pizza oven. Uh-huh. And then you've got your, in the back, your uh, office, which is also- In the barn, yeah. In the barn. I love that. Yeah. So and, to preface for the, for the, I guess there's an audience. Yeah. Um, I have an 1888 Victorian that was owned by the former mayor of Goshen. Mm. So it's a big old money pit that was turned into, I was going to get into this a little bit, but um, it was turned into three apartments. So mm. uh, basically a wealth extraction model. And I was going to, I was going to tie that in with uh, essentially how we treat the land. It's a yeah. wealth extraction model. Yeah. Like we are extracting wealth from the planet, but we're not really putting much back in. Hmm. And it, it happens a lot with these rentals in the neighborhood. A lot of these old houses. A lot of these old houses. They break like, them into. Well, they became, rich people built them. Mm -hmm. And then they decided they wanted more land in the country slash white flight. Mm -hmm. And they pieced out and they went out to the suburbs so they could have their, you know, integrated schools. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> separate but equal. So I don't yeah. fucking know what's going on. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like uh-oh, it's getting a little Amish. weird around Just here. us and the now. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, they, they pieced out. <laughs> and then they split them up and uh, rented them out. Yeah. And then over the years, it just wealth was extracted from the properties yeah. without putting anything back into them. Oh, yeah. They're just pits at some point. They're right. Yeah. They're disgusting. I mean, like then the, you gray, get, the brick house that's on your street, which is... Now where Bill lives. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, the, it, it's coming back. Yeah, but at right. one point, it was that was a dark <laughs> area. Uh, it was, it a, was rough, a lot of shenanigans yeah. going on over there. You feel a, a rough presence over there. It's <laughs> like, I didn't want you know, to walk I, there at night. I didn't feel very comfortable oh, over yeah. there. Now I know. Now it's fine. Oh, absolutely. Like, now it's totally changed. The atmosphere has changed. And, you but. know, like, interestingly enough, like, the people that live there, I mean, they had been there for 20 Years. Wow. Some of the people that lived in that apartment complex. But um, I just ran into one of them, uh, Cindy. She I, she had got to have been there like 20 years. She and Mitch. And she, I ran into her downtown over at the window like two months ago. And I was, and she was talking about how bad it was because people who sold drugs just kept coming mm. because they knew they could sell drugs there. And so there were like all sorts of people addicted. And sometimes all it takes is you take you somebody out of a place and move them to an entirely different place where they don't have access or it's just like they, they're they not in the scene mm -hmm. and it changes their life entirely because suddenly they're not in the same the cycles. community. It, it breaks those cycles. And she said for her and Mitch, like that's what it took was to get them out of there. And they're doing great now. Wow. They're doing great. That's cool. Yeah. They moved to like Shipshawana or something. No way. <laughs> right? Right? They've got a yeah. house there. They're doing great. Hard to find drugs there. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know. How but... do you think those factories move so fast? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rum spring is coming yeah. in. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a hard place, but um, like that, they they definitely had their struggles in that, in that house. And luckily... You know, Chris came in and was yeah. very patient and worked really hard to help those people find other places. Yeah. It was not easy. That was during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. That how, that place was offered to me for 90000 No wow. money down. Land contract. Just I could have bought that. Wow. 
it's just not my life. Yeah. 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 But my vision of these places is to see cooperatives formed mm. where people would own, and it's not, it's a very utopian vision, but it's very hard to, uh, it's hard to realize stuff like that because I mean, A, everything's just expensive. It's hard to maintain a property. Yeah. It's hard. Like we've, yeah. we've worked ourselves into a model in which a two, two income family is the norm, which yeah. is why housing costs have gone up so much because we've essentially engineered, socially engineered two income families into our, that's baked into the pricing of a house. Yeah. Like you have you to have, have two to have, earners to have a house, to have a house. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm what are you doing the whole time? You're not doing, you're not even there. You know what I mean? If, if you're both working, yeah. what's the point of being having a house? It's, well, you got to have a place to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I don't know about you. It I got, is nice. I got like two spots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my Gucci spot. And my, yeah. you know, every day of my work, exactly. I got to work. Like, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to offend the... There's the place that I have my uh, squatty potty and the place <laughs> I don't, you know. <laughs> Dude, bidets. Have you talked about bidets uh, on the podcast? I've heard great things. I've used them before and they are nice, but I don't have one. Talk, talk, tell me about $40, go to Menards, pick yourself up the little wand on a wall, okay. and it plums right into your thing, and you wash your butt. Bam, that's it. <laughs> and I swear, it's Does easy. it cut back on uh, toilet paper? We don't have toilet paper anymore. Oh, my goodness. Huh? No way. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, we do. But we don't really need it. Right, yeah. It's for those who don't know about the bidet. Right. You wash your butt with water yeah. instead of rubbing <laughs> a dead tree on it. <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> I'll never go back. Yeah. <laughs> what did you take your house and have to like rebuild or dismantle it when it was three different apartments or three different living there spaces? Was, did yeah. you have to kind of like reinvent it or undo some of the yeah. stuff that was there? There were walls that had been built in there that yeah. were before. So I took those out. I mean, they had just been entry, like just walkways. Yeah. You know? And I was like, Oh, wait, I think this is actually an opening or was. And sure enough, it was. Um, yeah, I've done a lot to that house. Yeah. Like, I've made it my own, but it is a far cry from what it originally was. Mm. So, like, because it had been turned into three apartments, it kind of gave me free reign on a blank slate. Cause, like, historic homes, sometimes you're just like stuck I in. I don't want to change it yeah. because, like, I want to keep it historically accurate. But when you have a house that's been totally changed, yeah. you kind of have the freedom to to do with it what you want. So I've I've felt like I've had that freedom. Hmm. You know, like my kitchen I just redid and it had been last touched in 1943. Oh my word, yeah. Right. You know, and you could see the different evolutions of it, like where the original brick chimney was in the corner hmm. that would have been where they were cooking at, you know, in the kitchen. And yeah, I mean, the house has gone through so many iterations, and that's the beautiful thing about, I don't know, these properties and the history of them and how they change and, you know, whoever inhabits them breathes some kind of new life into it or yeah. or not or, you know, causes decay. Yeah. And it's a constant maintenance. Like, there is no let up, you know? Yeah. And the problem in our, like, one of the problems in our society is when I, I look at Europe and I see homes that are... Like multi-generational where families have lived in homes for like, we're talking like 500, 600 years. Right. Or at least they treat them as if their children will own them someday. Mm. And we don't have that here. We. It's, not, it's rare. 
It's for rare. It's rare. You're doing, like, you get the Chip and Joanna gains, like, we're going to do this to maximize our dollar value to get the most out of it when we go to sell it someday. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to invest in it. You're adding value. You're adding value. You're adding value, but a lot of times you're doing it by chintzing out on stuff. Yeah. Like, you're not spending money. And it, it it's a it's it's another one of those cycles like with farming with all these other cycles of just wealth extraction where instead of like doing something that will last, you do something that is okay and it works for now, but it's not on the long term mm. net positive. Yeah, it's net negative. Like you're gonna spend more. Like what's why I was like adamant that I wanted to put standing sea metal roofs on my house hmm. because I never want to put a roof on my house again. Yeah, I did the same thing. Exactly yeah. right. And it's if you think about it as if my child is gonna own this someday. Yeah, they don't have to worry about a roof. They don't have to worry about a roof. And right. then it, whatever problem that they have to deal with, if they put the most money they can into it at that time mm-hmm. and they do it the right way then their children will have to deal with that problem because it's been fixed to the best of their ability. Right. And you're always doing things to the highest quality, which in the end saves you money. Right. Saves everybody money. Right. Saves the house. So we keep doing these things that are just like hmm. very short really fascinating. Ter- it's short term fixes when we need long term like it, it's, yeah, we it's need to like appliances and crap like that. Change what we think about. Right. Yeah, appliances too. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it's planned obsolescence. Like yeah, like, they want yeah. So you have to buy the next one and buy the next right, one. Like asphalt this. roofs. Let's just put a bunch of oil on our roof. Yeah. Let it drip onto our gardens. Yeah. And then throw it in the landfill when we're done. Yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Pardon me, a little cough here. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things I've been talking to my dad about is, like, the economy we live in and the economy that is, like, nature's economy or God's economy. I love economics. It's different. You know, you plant one seed and it multiplies into hundreds, if not thousands of seeds. Or you have, you know, one seed turns into seven different tomatoes, which have tons of seeds in there. And you get to eat your tomatoes and save it and now can plant multiple different plants off of that. Yeah. And that's, like, the multiplication thing. And we don't live in that. Like, mm. I'm not going to work and it's not multiplying for me. I'm going to work and spending an hour of my time and getting back a finite amount. You know what I mean? It's, right, it's, right, right, right. It's not the way that nature is intended, hmm. you know? And so it's... Well, yeah, but you can't multiply forever. That's just, that's the Petri dish that, you know, yeah. exhausts its supply. Well, yeah, but if you start... But if you... I mean, yeah, you're right. Because yeah. you plant a, a squash and then there's a squash within another 500 feet, right? It's going right. to... Mix and right. you'll have a different squash that next time, but it could be a delicious squash. <laughs> you know, how did we get from? <laughs> I know. Okay, that was mental gymnastics. I don't know what just happened there, but I love it. I've been learning about squashes. If you want to make butternut squash, we love butternut squash, so we grow it. But if there's any other squash within a half mile, that squash will pollinate, and both of them will mix. Yes, and yes. you can't grow butternut squash again because the if it's like you know, let's say acorn 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 squash somewhere else, right? They'll mix, and yeah. the seeds will not be butternut. So, right. which is pretty fascinating. I didn't realize that. it has to be within like a half mile or a mile. Yeah, secluded to continue to pollinate. Yeah. And a lot of crops are like yeah, that. yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's really yeah. fascinating. Or like apples, like all the apples that we eat that are from the store or whatever, it's mm-hmm. all grafts. There was one tree oh, that wow. produced that apple, and then they just took cuttings off of that and cuttings off of that. 
I've been grafting apples at my house. I have a little nursery going on. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I bought root stock, about 25 G890 from Cummins Nursery. <laughs> it's a semi-dwarf with a good disease resistance. Yeah. You just put the <laughs> and I have a buddy in. who uh, grows heirloom apples, and he just gave me cuttings off of his tree. And those are all... Somebody took a cutting off of a cutting, off of a cutting, off of a cutting. What? Generations of people just like, somebody found a good apple, like a random apple seed made a good apple. And they were like, this is a great apple. And people got rich back in the day by by finding a good apple in their <laughs> orchard. Because apples do not come true from seed either. Mm. Just like, like squash. Like a squash won't come true from a seed unless it's not hybridized. Like it's isolated, like right. you're talking about. So... But apples do not come true from seed. So, yeah, I've been grafting apples. I've been growing apple trees over there. I've maybe got room for like three or four. Yeah. I'm, all, you know, I'm kind of tapped for space. I don't know if you noticed that. I, yeah, you, everywhere. You got <laughs> or something. I always yeah. joke with my dad. I was like, ah, we got more room. <laughs> yeah. like, There's more room. You just got to start hitting your neighbors up and seeing if you can plant a little bit here, a little uh, bit there. I've been planting fruit trees in my neighbor's yard. <laughs> she, with her permission, yeah. but she likes it. I, th- I think that's so cool. Yeah. Like if you're going to have a tree in your yard, why not have something you can eat from? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to have... Other trees. Like native trees that mm-hmm. are good for all sorts of native things. Like, But... Yeah, actually, especially like the um, animals in the area. Ah, the squirrels. Uh, yeah. yeah, the squirrels. But birds or... Yeah, the squirrels are... <laughs> they actually don't bug me. You know, like, honestly, like, with all the food I'm growing on my property... I have surprisingly very little problems with animals. And really? I don't know why. Because I see rabbits in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, okay, we did kill some wolves. But um, yeah. they were they were getting kind of bad. Yeah. Um, I got to talk to you about how you did that because I've got a couple moles doing their thing around you. Talk to my dad. He's the mole killer. Really? I yeah. could never do it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go to Menards and I go to the poison aisle or whatever, I'm just like... I'm like, I was almost there and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. My dad's like, I'm killing the moles. <laughs> and it's been great ever since. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I wonder if you have cats nearby. Or <sighs> that's not I wish I wish I had cat repellent. Yeah. So I you mean, do have cats then. Well, everybody has cats. It's like yeah. herpes. Most people have them. <laughs> and they just live. One in three people have cats. Exactly, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> I should say like yeah. not house cats, but like neighborhood cats. Right. We've got a bad case of cats. Yeah. Is what I guess how you actually no, it's not as bad as it used to be. This neighborhood yeah. is not as bad as it used to be because we used to have a lot of cats. Yeah. Just roaming around. It was like sleep underneath my car. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, where, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, then my roommate would feed him. I'm like, no, dude, like, that is not what you're supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> You know why they're here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. We had one cat, now we have twelve. Like, exactly. come on, exactly. Like, like, you see the, you see how this works. Yeah, right? this is. You're feeding. You're this feeding is the multiplication problem. we were talking about. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, um, I wonder yeah, if that's. Where, where are we? we don't. I don't have cats. Uh, as many cats around where we're at, and there, I'm squirrels all the time are in my stuff. Are they really? I found a possum. I have possums in my backyard sometimes. You know what? I wonder if it's the dogs. Because mm. I get them dogs out there, like oh yeah, and they they kind of run around, and yeah, pee on everything, yeah, free so rain to just got that smell, yeah. You know, if I see a squirrel out there, I'm like, just yeah. open the door, and I'm like, <laughs> get him, Cujo, yeah. And they run, 
Yeah, it'd be a while. Yeah. Well, I love. We were talking about your just your house and all the cool stuff. I remember. Oh uh, yeah, so it's got a barn too. Yeah, it's got an old carriage house, and that's like. I have a barn. It's so, yeah. It's pretty sweet. It's upstairs, downstairs. I mean, yeah. You've shown me all the stuff that is just, well, some of the stuff. And you made it into a greenhouse as well. Yeah, it's got a greenhouse on the second mm-hmm. floor. And so there's cool. a, my office space is up there and the yeah. old hayloft. And then my shop is down in the first floor. Yeah. Then I got my, you know, tool shed for all yeah. my stuff. Um, I'm really lucky. Yeah. I am. Uh, so. And it's been cool say, with. Uh, what you've done with the place too. I've just seen it kind of grow and yeah, I can't things. stop. I can't stop. I yeah. don't know what's wrong with me. Well, you know, I, think there's <laughs> some, I mean, I, I do. That's another thing I love about Goshen is your house is unique and it's so cool how okay. unique it is, but there's other houses I've walked around that are similar. Oh, absolutely. You know, where they're not, I mean, they're not the same, but they're, the whole yard is just wow. the garden. Oh, I was walking around and went over on like fifth street and I was, not a neighborhood I'm normally like not a block I normally go down. And I was yeah. just like, look at this. Look yeah. at all these flowers, you know? And the the thing I love about like what I've been doing is what I'm seeing happen around it, which is like so when I first moved there, it was just like grass and concrete, right? right. Nothing. Right. Right? No birds. No like no songbirds, no nothing, right? Well, like as the trees are starting to grow, um, I mean it's a ton of sparrows, but yeah. That's English house sparrows are hmm, kind of like the mice of the sky. So yeah. we don't talk about, you know, dispatching English house sparrows. Yeah, either, it never would happen. No, I don't know who does that. No. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, like goldfinches. Now goldfinches come around because of oh, the, cool. the cone flowers and whatnot, the echinacea. They come and they sit on, like, I'll be like cooking in the kitchen and look out the window. There's a little freaking goldfinch out there hanging out on the flowers. That's so cool. Yes. Like, and it makes me so freaking happy. Yeah. And it's like, why couldn't we create this Shangri-La right. around us? Like, why couldn't we? Oh, yeah, parking and cars. My mm. Yeah, we got RVs. We got to put the gravel packed on and yeah. put the. I'm just talking about in no, urban environments. Like, yeah. like, where's the vision? Where's the hope? Where's the, like, the attitude that we, it doesn't, I've been working on this for a freaking decade. Yeah. It's not like it happened overnight, yeah. right? And I don't know why I did the things I did. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've changed a lot of things. Yeah. And there's still things I wish I would have done differently and still things I will do differently and I'll change, you know, but like in order for things to actually change, people have to have an idea in their head of how it can change. Yeah. And like, I didn't know it was going to look like this when I started. Yeah. I don't know. I just made it up. I was making, I just make it up as I go. You know, like every year something's different and I'm just like, oh, I'll just do this, you know? Yeah. But I think the main issue is like, how do we get people to see beyond to a vision of, and my vision isn't the only vision. I'm not saying like what I do is like the cure for everything. It's not like, like planting flowers and fruit trees and stuff is like a beautiful, you know, a beautiful expression of like our existence in the world with nature. And like how we can survive, honestly, like that's, that's where I get my inspiration too, is just like, how are we going to figure this out? Like, yeah. it seems kind of di- like we got to figure something else different out, Yeah. but there doesn't seem to be any form of urgency or, oh, just like vision to, to think about a world that's different than what people have. And I'll, I know there's I'll like, think about it next year or I'll yeah, think about yeah, once yeah. I have enough money to think about it. Right. right. Or like, or trees are a lot of work or yeah. 
Yeah, it's all work. Our garden's a lot of work. I hear that gardens all the time. Gardens are a lot of work, yeah. right? Yeah. It's at some level. My secret weapon is my father. <laughs> I must admit, like, I don't do it alone. Mine's he's, my wife. He's retired. Yeah, right. Yeah, good. We need each other. Like, who cares who it is? Like, right. it's people that want to like do something beautiful. Right. And I think it is an expression of like beauty in the world. Just yeah. like and you're probably over this ten years, this decade of doing this gardening, you've probably figured out, oh, this is really easy to do. I can continue to do this. I'm going to add this next thing and just make it easy. My goal, my goal in gardening is to do things that are the least maintenance possible. So, you know, like sheet mulching at the beginning of the year and then I don't have to weed. Like my garden is blown up, but not with weeds. It's plants competing for space and light. And I always love watching it. I always imagine it as like this battle happening out (laughs) in the garden. And it's like, which plant will get bigger? Like, ooh, I planted that one too close to that one. Which one's going to win? And they're all just just healthy because they're not competing. They're competing with each other, not with the weeds. Right. There's something to that. Yeah, we really focus on that too. And you do... Uh, I remember talking to you at the Neighborhood Association. Yeah, yeah. And you said you put the cardboard and then mulch on top of it. And that is your secret to not having as much weeds. Yeah, that and my pee. (laughs) (laughs) Only on the tomatoes, right? Mm, Onions and garlic really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should talk about that, though. So pee cycling is actually a thing. Okay. You know, I pee in jugs out in my barn because, well, you know, I'm too lazy to go into the house. There's no <laughs> bathroom out there. Yeah. But I pour it on the compost pile. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? And I know that I'm not full of pharmaceuticals, so right. thank goodness. Right. You know? So yeah. I know, I know what's in my pee. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't just take random people's pee. Right. You know. Hey, everyone. I've asked people before, but it seems really <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like. We Do you have to certain put a certain amount of blend of stuff on your compost to balance it out, or does nah, it? Yeah, just pour it in there, and we just mix it in and just keep turning keep it and let it sit. You know, let it yeah. ripen up. Yeah, let it really ferment out there. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't even I've never thought about that. Uh, well, we piss out and shit out a lot of nutrients. <laughs> it's yeah. another, it's another waste part of the stream. I mean, the biggest waste part of the stream of American agriculture. Aside from all the runoff, <coughs> excuse me, is that we waste a third of the food that we actually hmm. make. It, it's something staggering like that. Like yeah. the amount of food we make, a third of it goes to the landfill. Yeah. Right. So like that's the biggest that's sink of the actual inputs that we're putting in. It's going straight to the landfill. Yeah. But and that nutrients could go back into the system. Right. Same with our pee and our poop. Yeah. Like we designed this system to like it's sanitary. Right. Which is good, but it's unsustainable as well, especially like for people that live further and further away from the the plants. Like when you think about modern infrastructure, the person that lives next to the the sewage treatment plant is paying as much as the person that lives five miles away from the sewage treatment plant, Mm. even though like the city has to pay X number of dollars per mile for that sewage treatment. And they have to maintain that whole line going out to the person that's that far away. Hmm. So when you think about like where the land is most valuable, it's not always in the city center. It's like outside or farther away. People are building nicer houses on the outskirts, but they're paying the same amount for the infrastructure as the people who are in tighter neighborhoods. Hmm. Yeah. When you think about your frontage, like how much a sewer pipe costs. Like just a sewer pipe in front of my house, it's like 30 feet wide on my lot. Yeah. Like, 
that's all the city needs to maintain for me to have a sewer hookup. Right. That person that's, you know, like yeah. where their lot is 500 feet wide, right. the city has to maintain 500 feet. Wow. So, yeah, like the density of the urban population lends itself to efficiency. Hmm. And so the further out you are, the more expensive you are to actually maintain. Yeah, it's That's really interesting. Yeah. I've never even thought about that. Dude, I'm so into economics. I'm <laughs> such a nerd. I listen to economics podcasts all the time. Like, yeah. I, I love it. You it's did, like, yeah, I've never even thought about that right. at all. Same with water. Our modern infrastructure is unsustainable as well. But, I mean, it's necessary to keep people healthy. Right. You know, like, you yeah, the there's water. fluoride and shit in the water and like, we're all getting our brain rotted from it, yeah, but we also don't her. die from like, you know, random diseases that right. before we had clean a- access to clean water. So say what you will about potato famine, right? Oh, Ireland, right. Uh, or, whatever. But like, what? I mean, the biggest increases in health were access, the biggest increases in health in like the last like thousand years are essentially, we learned what germs were mm-hmm. and viruses and we learn to wash our hands before we start sticking them into people when we're working on them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oops. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, you sanitize things. And, like, antibiotics, that was huge. Yeah. Um, you know, even though we use them too much. Kill the gut biome. Yeah. We were just having a conversation with our doctor about that. Yeah. For right. a baby, you know. Oh, dude, like, you got to watch it. Yeah. I'm sure it's like, you know, what's weird is, like, who did, who had these conversations before? Didn't it right. seem like there was a time when babies were just like healthy or something? Yeah. Why are we having? Well, okay, you tell me. You got a baby, you lucky bastard. I know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's been cool. No, there is um, well, the conversation we're having with our doctor is he said within the the study shows immediately there's no gut biome in a baby. Day one, well, day it's two. From the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Touch by touching and by yeah. eating and all that stuff the biomes just starts to grow and they've documented it. Yeah. He's like, and you just let that thing go. Don't put any antibiotics or anything like that in them yeah. and they're going to be fine. And so mm-hmm. it's been just kind of cool to hear because we were talking, you know, do we give them probiotic? Do we give the baby probiotics to help, uh, you know, if they're having digestive problems yeah. or whatever, and they're like, nah, you're good. Don't even no. worry about it. Like, like okay, baby's poop, we've... man. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I just, yeah, you know, I got to figure out how to use it. So you Dude, piss, do you that know, recycle. Over the, yeah. Over the compost. Oh, Yeah, man. that would just, it would make my life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to, uh, he would take our diapers. We had cloth diapers or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And he would soak them in buckets and then pour it on the fruit trees around our property. Oh, I bet those. Oh, we loved had, it, dude. They went nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, we put compost. We put like sheep poop on our garden because a buddy of ours has some sheep. Oh, poop. Nice. We just. I mean, it just gives so much life. Yeah, to it. yeah, yeah. You're right. So much nutrients is coming out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's like another part of our waste stream that's just like gone. Well, let's just get rid of. Well, okay, it's not gone. It goes to the sewage treatment plant and, and they, they process it. Yeah, and you know what happens to the solids? Goes on to farm fields. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not so like, it's already going back into our food. Yeah, but guess what else is going into our food? Yeah, birth control, <laughs> uh, endocrine disrupting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All sorts of crap. Yeah. Well, it's not just birth control, but that's yeah. like the tip. Xanax. That's the tip of the iceberg, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's all, all going in. Oh, that's it's nasty. That's disgusting. Yeah, it yeah, is. Pharmaceuticals for sure. That's well, I think one of the reasons why going back to being having a healthy baby, we have a fantastically healthy baby and we got uh pregnant really easily yeah and i think it was because we were eating from the garden all summer 
like we're eating beet greens. We had most of yeah. our meals. We were able to just go from our garden in AJ's garden, oh, uh, yeah. which is great. I mean, AJ's. Where did, he went to like San LA. Francisco. Yeah, he's in oh, LA. LA. Yeah, LA. He's gardening. Is he doing good? There. Yeah. Uh, he texted what, us today. What's why, what's going on with that place though? I don't know. I've had a baby. I've not. Really, <laughs> <laughs> You're like I ain't even looking. Uh, I haven't even. Yeah, I haven't been, been by there lately. Yeah. I, I, I don't heard think it's kind of like much. <coughs> yeah, it's hard because he had the vision, and the I don't know who took it from him, but I don't think they had the same vision he had, and he was doing so much to it, and so yeah. it was beautiful to see what he was doing. I always I hate to hate on like it's not. I know he didn't have a community garden, but yeah. like. Like every time I hear about community gardens happening, like the only ones I've ever seen actually be successful that don't just turn to weeds are ones where somebody has a paid position. Mm. You have to have somebody that is their responsibility. It's their responsibility. And it's like one person, one organization that coordinates, like you have to have somebody like, and I mean, AJ was doing that when he was here. Yeah. But it was his. Right, exactly. He had skin yeah. in the game for it. He Absolutely. bought a lot. Right. He did a- it's so hard to have a community garden that's all volunteer run and yeah. nobody's actually like heading it up. Yeah. Or like responsible for like making sure that it's maintained. Yeah. It's just really hard, you know? It's tough. It is. It's even hard to do like your own garden. Right. It's all work. It's a lot of Which work. Which is why I try to like always do a lot of prep in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I have as little things. And just to watch do. it grow. Like my biggest problem right now is harvesting. Like, really? luckily, I have my dad. Yeah, like, he goes out there every day. He's like, he comes over and he dotes on the chickens. They're like, <laughs> he's like, oh, got six eggs today. Oh, you know? I love it. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Like every time it rains, he calls me. How much? How much rain do we get? I got like a little <laughs> rain gauge. Yeah. I'm like, oh, point point eight six today, Dad. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> You know, so we don't have to worry about going to watering or anything. Yeah, a little farm report every day, you know. I love it. Yeah, he's like, well, I picked the beans and, you know. You got to pick my beans. Dude, you green beans? Yeah, green beans and snow peas. You still got snow peas? Yeah. With all this heat? Uh Uh-huh. They're in the shade. Ah. So it worked out, yeah. You'll you'll look at, well, it might be dark, but I should have shown you our garden beforehand. It is a jungle. And we That's great. It. Yeah. That's great. I got these huge cucumbers. It's so Dude. great. Yeah. I've got some on my fence right now. I want to make a sign this weekend that says, eat me. <laughs> it's like, eat all these cucumbers. Cause that's like another joy I have is like, um, in the alley, like I see people come through and like pick flowers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'll just open the window. I'll be like, take more. <laughs> I'm like, do it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like the things that grow over the edges, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Like people will come in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, we do I that got, with our neighbors, I too. got too much. It's like, here, have some of this. We do cilantro, and we have a lot of Hispanic neighbors. And they yeah, 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 yeah. And they're our mint. And once we get our tomatoes in, I mean, oh, we're going to be giving them yeah, tomatoes. Yeah. So. And then uh, Juan and Lizzie with their little son, Mateo. Oh, yeah. He's like... I'll just come out and they'll be like out in the strawberry patch eating strawberries. I'm like, love that. This is the shit. That's awesome. It is. It's great. Yeah. Everybody, you know, people ask me like, aren't you worried about people stealing stuff? I was like, I'd never have a problem with that. Like not really worried about it. Like somebody needs food. Like, and this is how they get it. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to starve. Yeah. Like it's a beautiful thing. You know, like, I don't know. I like sharing. Right. So that's a good good. thing too. Have you ever heard of this band, the Appleseed Cast? Damn. I have not. Well, 
Just wondering. I was curious. Well, I was gonna. I want to ask you about your beekeeping a little bit. Oh, the beekeeping. Yeah. yeah. What, you, uh, Allison talking about sharing was walking by, oh. and you gave her some honey. And we <laughs> loved that honey. It was good, huh? It was so good. Yeah. So what? What? How'd that come about? You're just actually your neighbor over here, James Nelson Gingrich. Okay. Uh, a year and a half ago, my dad was talking to him, and he's like, "I got two hives, and I don't want two hives." And my dad was like, "What?" another one mm, yeah i already had two no, it's three. i mean okay I got things you gotta talk about. uh my normal friday night group is not getting together so nice so i guess i'm just gonna walk home from here <laughs> <laughs> cheers. the things that's cheers cheers that's great yeah um, a couple blocks away so you got a long walk so it'll be yeah. tough get sober it's up on the way horrible. home yeah. um so the bees yeah it's great it's been going great um so James Nelson Gingrich uh, gave me a hive, a fully functioning, beautiful hive. Wow. We took it apart at night. I apparently didn't know that you were supposed to wear a bee suit, so I got stung. <laughs> and nobody told me. You know, like, I'm like, so what are we doing? He's like, well, you're a little underdressed, aren't you? And I was like, hey, you didn't tell me anything. So, okay. So <laughs> I've gotten stung many times. Actually, okay. today... So, you know, you get cut on the job. So I, like, put my finger into a roofing nail, and it started bleeding, and I was like, oh, it sucks. So I put on a glove. And then I'm, like, reaching around a raft, and I'm on, like, 20 feet up on an extension ladder, like, running some lights, soffit lights in this lake house. And I reach around this thing, and all of a sudden, it's like, bam, I got stung by a wasp. Ooh. Where it's, like, nest was right there. Luckily, Ooh. it just, but in the same spot. Where are you going? In the same spot. Wow. I know. It was, like, getting hammered. In that was, one spot. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, well, you little son of a bitch. And I got down <laughs> off the ladder. I was like, I guess you're gone. And I knocked the nest down and kept yeah. working. But it was just random today. Like yeah. cut and stung in, in the, the same, same exact spot. Yeah. And one day. Same that was this right there. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Like, fuck that spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the bees. So James uh, very graciously gifted me a hive. And I had no business getting a hive and I didn't know what I was doing yeah. and um, yeah so last year um, so m- the guy that I'm on land contract with Tim mm-hmm. Toot wonderful shout out to Tim Toot good man great man great man Cheers, Tim, Tim Toot yeah Tim and Margaret they're awesome but he's a beekeeper he was a beekeeper when he was a kid and then okay. he got into back into it later in life and uh, he's a doctor he started Goshen Family Physicians back oh, in the cool. day that was his practice and he's since retired and, uh, but now, uh, helps me out with beekeeping and he's got a bee yard up at clay bottom farm. Oh, cool. That's where he keeps his bees. He keeps saying how he has too many hives and then he keeps making more hives <laughs> because if you're a beekeeper, you're just like obsessed with, you know, like, Oh, I got some queen cells. I might as well do something with I mean, them. You, you know? might as well. Yeah. As well, why not? Yeah. So I, he, and I just keep buying hives from him. I'm like, Oh, great. Now I got more. So, um, yeah, so that first year I got like five gallons of honey, and then this year I just got another four and a half, and uh, they overwintered great. My favorite spot in my yard now is back underneath my apricot tree between, like, and I'm I'm talking like right next to the beehive. Mm. I have a little lawn chair, like a little lounge chair, and my chickens. So my chickens on the right. My bees are on the left, sitting under my apple tree or my apricot tree with my little nursery of apple trees. Oh. And I just chill there. My dogs come out and hang out. Oh. And we just watch the bees. 
watch the garden. Yeah, I can reach over and put my hand on the hive and like they don't it's just really chill and just watching things happen. It's beautiful. Yeah, has it helped your garden? You think the pollinators They go far and wide. Yeah. Um has it helped the pollination? That is a very good question. Um I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a scientific answer for that. You haven't seen X output of blah, 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 because no. you've added bees. No. But you've seen X output of honey, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. They swarmed on me this year, which sucked. Um, they needed more room, and I apparently did not provide it for them. Mm. Sorry, bees. <laughs> and then they were like, we're out. So the queen left, laid some queen cells. Oh, but they went into the neighbor's tree. Okay. And so I got them on a ladder on top of my truck. And went up there and cut it down, put it in a box, and gave it to another beekeeper. Oh, wow. So we captured that swarm, and it's doing very nice and it very well in its new home. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that was a whole experience. That was fun as hell. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. You know, I, yeah, you come out, and where are my bees at? So then the, the, the next hive grow up now because they laid some queen cells. Right. right. They started a new hive. And I thought for, like... In, only in the past week and a half did I actually realize that they actually did. They're still okay. Okay. Like they got a queen. I thought that it was going to die. I thought they were queenless. and You were done. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, well, I guess it, I wanna, my, I'm just going to exterminate my hive. Because once it, it, man, bees are fascinating. So here's what happens if there's no queen. The uh, So it's mainly there's female bees and there's male bees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the queen is the only fertilized female bee. Because okay. she goes out on a mating flight and flies around in the air and the there's male bees that when they like reproduce, ejaculate, whatever, they yeah. blow their sex organs off and they die. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole crazy thing. That okay. happens all in midair. Okay. So she has that's, a bunch of crazy sex with like all these like midair. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, like dead male bees. Yeah. And then she comes back to the hive. <laughs> it's crazy shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Comes back to the hive and she's fertilized for life. And then she um you know, we'll, oh yeah, like, and then lots. the workers are female, right? All the workers are female. Yeah. All, the drones are male, and all the drones do is go out and have sex and try to to send the genetic code on to the next hive. Wow, that's all the males do. Wow, they're little babies. They don't do a damn thing. <laughs> it's like, oh man, <laughs> sit back and have me some nectar <laughs> until my my shining Get moment, my pollen and nectar, and then I'm gonna go out and explode. <laughs> explode. <laughs> That's it, dude. That's yeah. all the male drone does. It's what? like yeah, it's crazy. So, um, so but if there's no queen, the the worker bees will start turning into queens a little bit. Okay. But they're not fertilized, so they can only lay males. Mm. And if that happens, then you can't even reintroduce a queen into the hive because they'll attack her, right? Or something. They will because they think they have a queen because the the laying workers will produce queen pheromones. Mm. And it's all about like these smells in the hive. Like, is that how they communicate? Yeah, smells? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've seen like they do little dances and things too. Yeah, that's actually cool. Like, they, they've interpreted the dances. And so they're all sun oriented. Oh, wow. So, like, straight up and down is like towards the sun or something. And the degree off that they do their dances within these rotations and the degree, the amount of like, how excited they are and how far it is literally tells them how far away and what degree angle to the sun to follow, to go find their food. So like, it's a map. They're drawing a map as, with their dance. Wow. Yeah. yeah bees, bees, bees are, are cool. so cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That's, I mean, chickens and bees are our next move. Chickens and bees are freaking yeah. awesome. I mean, there can only be so many bees in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Is there well, for real? Know. Yeah, I was gonna say. I wonder with well, here's, uh, Gingrich's hive and then your hive. If that his was, hive died. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He hasn't been able to keep a hive alive this year, which is sad. So, um, but I mean, with colony collapse disorder, and yeah. that is not uncommon these days. Right. Like beehives dying is like pretty the, normal. Oh, now, now it sure. is. Yeah. Didn't used to be. Yeah. But uh, the Wi-Fi. That's what I've heard. I don't know. The Wi-Fi? No, it's not the Wi-Fi. It's it's the herbicides, the neonicotinoids, the pressure from... It's everything. Yeah. It's... It's our environment. Yeah, it's our environment, not theirs. Right. (laughs) Right. Right? Like, we've... Yeah, and even we're killing ourselves, too, so freaking A. Um, Yeah, no, it's... It's it's a large combination of factors, Mm. but... There's a lot of people working on it, and there are ways to mitigate. Um, I mean, there's pressure from the uh, Varroa mite. That's a big one. Mm. Uh, I heard something about how, um, what is his name? He's a big uh, fungus guy. He's using... Paul Stamets? Paul Stamets, yeah. yeah. And so he's using certain types of uh, you know, uh, mushrooms to combat that. No kidding. Yeah, he's For found bees. ways. Yes, get so, it out. Uh, kill the ver- the the varomites. Yes, oh, I gotta look into that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I watched some YouTube video. That's the other thing too. I was learning about how there's a certain fungus that actually eats plastic and turns it into yeah, yeah, yeah. not not the, the chemical, but an actual like soluble liquid that's yeah you know decomposes it and will actually reintroduce. Dude, fungus. Yeah, mushrooms fungus is wild. are beautiful yeah and they're gonna save this planet i mean without (laughs) with us or without us right you know there are scientists that are worried about fungal diseases that will affect humans because like you look at bats right Mm. now there's some really bad fungal diseases that are affecting entire populations of bats right now it's like called white nose disease or something and so it gets into a population they can't combat it i mean they obviously don't have the intelligence that we have (laughs) but you know like if we get something that is hard to combat and like you see our antibiotics are failing against like MRSA and all these other yeah. antibiotic, antibiotic resistant strains of bacteria and, and viruses. Um, it is not that far of a stretch of imagination to, to realize that there are funguses that could inhabit humans hmm. and we would not be able to find the so cure for them. Fight it. Yeah. yeah. We've so, done so. Interesting. Where's the hope in that? <laughs> you know, with all the bee stuff and uh, in all Fauci, of, we trust. Yeah. Hey, there. Huh. You know, I when I talk to vaccine skeptics, and I'm also like a skeptic of sorts. I ask, "Is it? Do you think it is a rational move for humans to want to have the capability to fight disease that comes up that we are not aware of? Like, because diseases happen." You know, obviously, like, gain-of-function research is a big fucking deal, and we should probably not do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's playing with fire. And, that's well, look fire. what happened. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so let's stop doing that, yeah, let's A. Make, let's make awful diseases. Exactly, good, yeah. and make them worse. Right. Let's not do that. But nature has a way of, like, balancing itself out, and yeah. we are somewhat toxic to the planet in certain ways, so nature has a way of balancing things out. Yeah. So is it important for us to try to combat that? And should we use all the tools at our disposal? And 
Like, I think, you know, we're very intelligent. We're using science to the best of our abilities. Like, I think we should try to do that. I think we should want to try to, like, cure diseases. And I think we should want to try to, like, if there are pandemics, we should try to fight them. Mm. You know, like, I don't know. I think we should do that. Yeah. So whether or not you trust it or not is a wholly different conversation. And, like, how do you get to a point where you might? Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Where do we get to a point where we would actually Everyone's trust dying? Right. You know, like, oh, what? See. Does everybody have to die for you to finally be like, oh, okay, I'll take the shot? Yeah. You know, like, at what, how many, like, at what level will you actually like decide that your individual freedom or your, like, whatever is your hang up with taking a shot to give up your level of autonomy and freedom for the rest of the people? Is it when your own personal safety feels threatened? You know? when it's just you and it's not somebody else, like when do we give up our own personal, I don't know, like our autonomy for other people? Yeah. Like when do you, when do you sacrifice your wants and needs for other people? That's another big, that's that's a huge question. That's that's, a big problem we have. Yeah. Is like the idea that my freedom is my ability to do whatever I want and not worry about the, the, the wants and needs of the entire society as a whole. Yeah. And that's well, you, a problem. You know, I, I take a, an approach, just a philosophical approach. Of, yeah. Um, you know, I've got to deal with my problems myself. Like I don't yeah. think anyone else can do sure. that. And then when it comes to, I'm, I'm almost like communistic with my family. What is mine is also my family's. Right. And I see a lot of that in people, but then I think a lot of people forget the community aspect. Right. They completely cut that out well, and, and remove it. And if you don't have a community or if you don't pour into a community that allowed you to, one, work on your own problems and also provide for your family, right? then what's going to happen to the next generation? You need to pour in the community to allow that cycle to continue to happen. And a lot of people miss that third piece, I think. Well, in a capitalist society, money equals freedom. Hmm. And if you have enough money, you can separate yourself from those who serve you. So you don't have to think about like the people that actually created what you are able to do. Like you can separate yourself intellectually from that because like I deserve that or I did this on my own. Yeah. Or this money allows me to do this without these other people. Yeah. When it's entirely not true. Yeah. You know, like it's 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 a way to separate. Yeah. And it's really freaking sad. You know? It's gross. It is gross. Yeah. It really is. Like, do you think uh, this is? I'm gonna step a little bit. Go on. But um, high step it. High step it. Yeah. This might be a little <laughs> out there. Too. Okay. But high step it. Yeah. <laughs> but you, the I think that that has been something that's been a part of our culture for a while. And it's almost controlling our culture. Money is like almost the God that we pray to. Wow. Not just in a way. Right. Do you see that? It's the lack of altruism. It's the lack of like money has led to like the lack of altruism. Yeah. Like the idea that we are a whole, not, not separate entities, but we are a whole. But being like consuming that and worshiping that, is now we're starting to to, to yeah. reap those yeah. benefits of that. Yeah, some are good, some are awful. Oh, yeah. a lot are awful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's just interesting. I don't know if that's shifting because it, it, you worship that for so long, it's just going to consume you, yeah. and we're getting consumed as a. Rich as people a, are happy. 
Yeah. They are happy. Yeah, but there's not that many more. There, there, there's very rich people, but for a long time there was a middle class. You know, there was a lot of people who were prosperous. What? There's like that freaking website. It's like, what happened in 1971? You ever seen yeah. that? And it's like, there's this, I don't know if it's like 1971. Is that the gold? No, that's. There's like a year where all this shit happens where it's like, you see these graphs and like productivity and wage increases are kind of going along together and all of a sudden it just goes mm. where productivity goes insane, but the wages don't. Oh, wow. And the money, when you see where the money goes, it all goes to the top and it doesn't mm-hmm. go to the middle class. So like it, it's basically Reagan era economics. Like yeah, when we laugh. stop, when we, yeah, <laughs> yeah when we're we still stop, waiting for that trickle. <laughs> you know, we had people that were happy and healthy. Yeah. I talk about this with people and um, I was talking about with a client today, you know, like we're talking about lighting in a house. So modern house lighting, I'm working at this lake house, right? And yeah. like the architects, fucking architects, don't get me started <laughs> on this shit. They give you the blueprints for like the lighting schematic and they put a grid and you look up at the ceiling and it's all cathedrals and there's like all these angles and what they give you is like a grid, which will never work, right? right. They don't even know what they're doing. <laughs> but all they do is they're like, throw a bunch of cans in the ceiling, right? You need, you need like a thousand lights. Like yeah. I just did a house here in Goshen and, um, I think there were 80 cans in the house, 80 lights Wow! in the house. It's a, it's a large, it's a, it's a house. Yeah. It's not like extravagantly huge. Yeah. I love the people. But you have to put dimmers on everything because everything's going to be so goddamn bright when you turn the switch on <laughs> that yeah. you're going to like when you. Yeah. Modern lighting. And I was talking to this woman and we're like, I'm like, you don't need cans in the bedroom. You're going to sleep. Yeah. Like, what are you doing in here? Yeah. Like you should be you should be somewhere else. You should be out working or doing something else. I'm like, look, I grew up with one light bulb in my bedroom. Right. Like a small, like little round fixture from the 80s. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I'm OK. I was like, rich people in the 1910s had a light bulb and they were rich mm. and they were fine. Yeah. And now, like, we, we have light. these, like, we have LED bulbs that are, like, way more efficient. But that just means we use 10 times more of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, we get so backwards. It is. It's like we get more efficient, but then we just want more. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's this weird cycle where it's like, oh, well we can have more of it and we can have more of it and we can have more of it. Yeah. And we just keep doing it for some crazy reason. We're like that (laughs) mouse on the the mouse with the dopamine hit. Yeah. You know, like I was just listening to a podcast today about hit me again. Yeah. One more time. They gave these rats like, or they gave these mice the ability to have a dopamine hit whenever they want. And they just ended up sleeping and doing nothing else oh wow yeah that was it yeah because they were so satisfied they're like man eh, we don't have to do it i'm happy yeah yeah i'm freaking happy yeah but it's not satisfying no God. no and it's like people buying stuff all the time or rich people just oh. getting whatever they want whenever they want it right yeah. it doesn't make them happy no no, no yeah crazy. that's what i was gonna say when it comes back to money we may think that money is produces happiness and there is something nice to being like not having to worry about money i for sure not having to worry about your safety and security it's not about money because money is like the vehicle yeah for that yeah it's about that doesn't give money doesn't give fulfillment no i don't think so no all that money does is like keeps you alive right you know but once your basic needs are met you're fine yeah 
Yeah, no, it's it's nice. Then you can be creative. You can do stuff. Wow. You can enjoy your garden. Mm-hmm. Trees for Goshen. Are you still part of that? Trees for Goshen, yes. I know. Real <laughs> quick second, I wanted to ask you about that because I do have a tree in my front yard and it's native. I love what you guys are doing. Oh, thank uh, you. Are you still a part of that? Yeah. I am. Okay. As uh, best of my ability, but yes. Yeah. Yes, no, I, I know. So you're doing I, cool I help things. plant and I, I basically help plant and help organize the uh, the plantings. Yeah. And I'm, I do a bit of the visionary visionary kind of stuff in there. Yeah. I don't know. We just... You know. Well, and I, the one of the things, Aaron, when I was talking to him at one point, I don't know if he's still part of it or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. he's awesome. And Shout out to Aaron Kingsley yeah. shout out to and Aaron. Maddie Lehman. And uh, there's Melanie Helmuth. Oh, there's so many more. There's like Joey and it's growing. Uh, it's so Jonathan cool. Corbin. Um, Is he uh, a tree Corbin? climber? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He cut my uh, pear tree. That was very cool. Him and Jason Feenstra, if you know Jason Feenstra. I Maybe don't. don't, but... That's cool. And who else? We've got, uh, there's Kathleen. Um, man, there's a couple other, I think her name's Cynthia. Yeah. There, we have a really good crew right now of people yeah. that, and we're. Who care about this. We do. And our biggest problem is organizational structure. And what we're trying to do right now is to get a ton of money so we can pay somebody to do the, the things that we as volunteers, it's the same with community garden. Yeah. You know, if you pay somebody to take care of the things that need to get taken care of, you can have people that just sit around and say, like, this is what needs to be done. But then you have somebody that actually does it. Right. And that's the hard part. So right now we're we're in that weird middle phase where, like, we've grown and we're doing good. And we want to have the problem of not enough money and too many trees. But we have the opposite problem, which is, like, we have plenty of money, but... We can't get enough trees out. So, yeah, if we spend money on advertising, well, it's yeah, it's, it's a, a beautiful. Whole. We have beautiful problems, and there's yeah. a lot of good things coming on the horizon. And I think it's going to turn into a much bigger organization. That's cool. But we really, yeah. Well, it, I love great. the concept of Goshen is a forest. Like I love that okay. concept because it's it really is like it's not just a bunch of trees in a town. We're living in a forest. And you guys are maintaining that forest yeah. and making sure the longevity, going back to the conversation we had about you put on a steel roof because uh, you don't have to ever worry about putting on a roof again. Yeah. You know, it's like we're planting trees for the future generation and the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I am, I am so passionate about a food forest because mm. like the idea. That was so cool. It, it, it goes back to people have to have the vision and they have to want to do stuff. They have to want to, learn how to like save food, save seed, yeah. like harvest. Yeah. It's work. It's yeah. all work. Yeah. But like it's work that's worth it. Yeah. You know, in my opinion. Oh like, yeah. I love it. I'm gonna go back to what I told you. Like we didn't have to take prenatals to worry about getting pregnant. Cause we just ate the food yeah, yeah, that yeah. grew now. Like, and it was full of nutrients. Yeah. Like your body needs that. And you know, we talked a little bit about medical stuff. We, I think a lot of stuff would be we could cut out of our life if we were eating again from the garden. Like that's where, you know, I think oh, something so you want to hear what I had for breakfast. Yeah. Oh. I would love to hear, tell oh, you. My God. actually uh, what I had for lunch. Really? So like, man, this is my jam lately. I have just, this time of year is my favorite, almost favorite time of year in the garden. So like green beans, potatoes, beets, onions, garlic, and then 
some bacon. <laughs> and then I just saute all that. I use a lot of spice. Oh, like, yeah. I'm a I'm a spice whore. <laughs> like Ethiopian, oh, Hungarian, yeah. like just packing it in there, right? Like I like flavor. And then uh, a couple eggs on top. So like, oh. I was eating lunch today and I'm like, holy shit, like 90% of this came from my property. Yeah. Like, I was eating lunch. I'm just like... This that's so satisfying. Good. It is. Isn't it's so and other it's than so the bacon. Good. That's you. Yeah, but that came from Jake's Meats, which is a farm I've been yeah. driving by on the way up to. Yeah, it's local too. You know, we get all, a lot of our meats from um, Vintage Meadows. Are you familiar with them? Absolutely. They're such good people. Yeah, dude, I've done a lot of their electrical work. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They've got a great farm. Ryan and Katrina. Dude, they're such. I'm trying to get them on the podcast. Really? Yeah. Do it. He said he's going to. He's just not sure when. We got to figure it out. But. I was trying. I was trying hard to get them in contact with Dave Pottinger to set up a meat shop where Refined is now downtown. Yeah. Because that used to be a butcher shop. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but like six, seven Uh, years ago, Matterns. Matterns, yeah. Yeah. McAllister's was. It was a butcher shop. Yeah. And I was trying to convince them that Goshen needed a meatery. Oh, yeah. Like when you think about like dryers up in Three Oaks or something, yeah. or or uh, bales and or bales down yeah. in down mm-hmm. in uh, Yoders and Syracuse, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I, like I, we could have it. We could have had a charcuterie. Yeah, and I was trying. I'm like, and they even did a walk through. Like, I thought about it. I was like, Dave, you need to talk to these people. I'm like, Ryan and Katrina, you need to talk to, you need to, talk to Dave. Their meat's so good. Their meat is. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they've got great meat. They do. Um, I'm gonna go back to trees for gushing for a second. One of the things I'm seeing when I go, uh, on my we walk, need a meat tree. We need a meat tree. How sick would that be? GMO. Let's do it. <laughs> so what I an am. apple that you like carve into, and yeah. it's just like beef. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah, fry it up. Yeah, that'd be sick. Bacon apple. The uh, <laughs> bacon apple. It's already we already apple would smoke bacon. We already kind of exactly. We're close. We're close. The the invasive species. Is that something you guys are ever going to do or think about doing? We do. Because it's, I see it a lot. And I'm. What are you talking about? Give me an example. There, when I'm walking down the pumpkin vine and I'm walking near the water, I see the one that kind of looks like a walnut tree, but it's not. Chinese sumac. Yeah. And, um, I may or may not go through there and tear them all down while I'm walking by. You. A dirty. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. I know. I know. I, everywhere, I, every time I see, and they're so fragile. They're so human-like. Yeah. They're easy they to. want to get into that, <laughs> get in that environment, take over, don't they? They just, they go nuts. Yeah, they do. And so, and they got the kind of the, they're like a reddish tinge to the leaves yeah. too. And yeah. so, and then the, the, the stop or when they're green or the new growth is very green and they are, they can, they snap so easily. Yeah. Like any other type of wood does not snap like that, but these are just like, it's like hollow on the inside. Yeah. I wonder if we're talking about the same thing, but yeah. Um, so we I do a little bit of work with invasive species. There's a forest on the West side of Goshen. Um, the Nothsigger Woods is what we call it. Yeah. It's over by the Church of the Brethren, mm-hmm. the Dunkard Church of the Brethren. Yeah. I don't think they dunk people there, but. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like Green Street, kind of, right? Or something. Yeah, like it's that. on Green Road. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Green Road, yeah. Um, And they, so, what was his name? Mr. Nothsigger, I'll call him because mm-hmm. I can't remember his first name right now. <laughs> um, he planted it some years ago. And it's a managed forest. So they planted rows of pine, rows of hardwood, rows of pine, rows of hardwood. The pines seek to help the hardwood 
Mm. They push it up. They push it up straight. Right. So you get good straight timber. Hmm. And that's, that's really a forestry management practice, uh, reserved for, um, for logging essentially, mm. but it's also a wonderful habitat and they've, we've gone in there and taken out honeysuckle. So we'll get volunteers from the college and stuff, but we're trees for Goshen is going to try to move into management practices where we can, we just got our 501c3 or was that 401c3? 501c3. 501c3. Nonprofit yeah. status. Yeah. We were under an umbrella blanket, blanket organization before. Mm-hmm. I, it was like the community foundation project or something, but they've since decided that they wanted to fold and they weren't going to manage their, so we were under an umbrella right. before. Well, we've now since gotten our actual 501c3 that yeah. we are officially our own. So what that means for us is that we might be able to own land so people can oh, cool. give us land to manage. Oh, that would be so cool. Yes. And there are other organizations <sighs> around here. Right, and we're working with um, uh, Evan Miller right now. Um, he's got he. They had planted a, a bit of woods over in the industrial park mm-hmm. off of Eisenhower Parkway, and are very invested in seeing that stay stay as woods. Not and it, right. It's yeah. it's uh, behind Beacon Health Systems. Uh, it was called Hertzler Systems was their company. So. We're in this weird in-between phase where we're like, well, we're going to plant trees, but maybe we're also going to manage stuff in the future or we'll be a vehicle for managing urban forest. That would be cool. That that people want to preserve. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Like we're That would be so sweet. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this for like, what, five, six, seven years. I don't know how long. Ryan and Aaron started it. Um, yeah. Ryan's oh sorry Ryan Smith Ryan Smith shout out Ryan Smith yeah he's a good man yeah he kind of started it years ago cheers Ryan cheers. yep Ryan. works over in Elkhart in the city building mm-hmm. uh, I visit I remember visiting you Aaron and Ryan I think and you're at a board meeting I mean this was like 2016 17 yeah you know back then yeah. C three meeting at the over by Shanklin okay yeah, yeah. boy man that was over at the Reed Center yeah. Yeah, we're still meeting there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's awesome because then you can you can also have direction in how that woods grows. Yeah, that would be so sweet. Yeah, it's just we're we're at this weird spot where I think we're about ready to blow up. the The biggest problem we have, honestly, it's not money. The biggest problem we have is um, finding people that want to plant trees. Hmm. So, uh, you know. Let's see, what was it like two plantings ago? We blew it blew up. I did a Facebook thing and it blew up. And then this last time it was like, meh. You mm. know, and like I don't know the algorithms. Yeah. I am not a guru. Yeah. I don't know how to do this stuff. So I this this next go around for the fall, which we're about to start, um, we're actually gonna start working with marketing companies that actually know how to work the work the system. Yeah. You know, because it's all so stupid. Yeah. It all changes so much. Like, yeah. half the crap on Facebook anymore is just like... Yeah, it shifts. It's ads. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, it really is. Yeah. Or just... Let's or, extract money from the... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you, I see where this goes. Mm. You see where it goes, too. I do. I got an Amazon package on my porch now. <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I needed that. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I hope it's things I need. Uh, I hope so. That's, that's but so it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Clicking, yeah. You don't have to think about it. 
I know, but then you lose your mom and pops, and it's sad. I think, though, people, this is one of the things that I saw with COVID, is I think people uh, realize that the, I mean, I I never heard or had not really heard supply chain until COVID. And I saw, and and I've talked about this before, but um, prior to COVID, I could walk into a store, I could buy bacon. I may not have had enough money for bacon, <laughs> right? But if I had enough money, I could get bacon. It didn't matter who I was. Right. If I had enough money, I could get the product I wanted because yeah. that's the world we lived in. COVID happens. No matter how much money you have, you could not get that product. Certain products at certain times. Yeah. And so it's been a shakeup. Yeah, and but that was some weird. Well. It was weird. But for me, I've like, okay, garden. Okay, let's meet Katrina and Ryan. Let's get more invested in local. Let's get more to places where I can have a conversation with someone. Maybe he doesn't have bacon, but I can get meat. Right. Because I have that connection. I have that local stuff. And I think think the thing that we have to understand is like, A, that's a very... We could all have that if we chose to all have less. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're privileged. Yeah. So we can have Less but quality. Less but quality. Right. Like, we have to understand that we could have, everybody could have all that. Not just you and I, not the Mm. people that have money, that have connections, that know where to look, that know where things are at, Mm. that we can find. That live in Amish country, right? We're lucky because we live in Amish country. Well, I mean, Ryan and Katrina are Amish, and yeah. like none of the farmers at the farmers. Well, there are some Amish farmers. There's there. a lot. I can get to it easily because there's so much of it around, you sure. know, compared sure. to let's say somewhere else. Yeah, but you we're know, in the Amish, middle of Kansas, all these. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you ever see what they get in their grocery I, store? It's gross, dude, dude. Right? You ever see what they uh, buying over at freaking Menards when they come out of there? It's yeah. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, oh you're no. on the processed food trip yeah. too. It ain't all. It ain't all green no. beans from the garden, bro. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's unfortunate, and it's no. it's wrecking their community in ways. Well, yeah. it's wrecking everybody's Everyone's. communities. But mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. absolutely, they sugar. Got- they love sugar. It is. I had uh, tacos, for, um, the a homemade Amish meal, and it was tacos, and it was sweet. Get out! Yeah, it's sweet tacos. Sweet tacos. Like oh, this is supposed to be savory. That just makes me sad. Yeah. I don't know why. It was freaking sad. I was very sad. I just noticed your whiskey glove. Yeah, yeah, you pop it open. There isn't any whiskey in there right now, but it's all upstairs. I'll just imagine. (laughs) um, But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I think... I think you're right. Quality and less. Like, we all have to learn to live with less. Yeah. Like, that is, like, number, number uno, you know? Like, yeah, we could all have grass-fed beef. We could all have pasture-fed pork. You know, we could all have that. But only if we all kind of somewhat agree that we can just need less of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a fatty. Like, I could use less of it, and I'd be great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm a, consum- a consumptive, you know? Like, I don't know if that's like uh, what a Consumer. Class. A consumer, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like, but uh, if we all just learn to live with less, we'd all be way better off. And we'd be healthier and we'd be happier and yeah. just in so many ways. Yeah. And there, and if we would, you think we're heading that way? No, no. It's the tragedy of the commons. It's an economic principle that's basically like, if I don't take it, somebody else will. Mm. That's the tragedy of the commons. That's why we can't cooperate. That's why the water scarcity in the West happens. It's because I only have so much. Well, I can't give that up. Right. I'm not going to give that up because if I don't use it, 
that person will. Right, and then I it. won't benefit from it. Hmm. It's called the tragedy of the commons. It's an economic principle as old as time. Any wow. resource that is available will be used by somebody. And if it's not you, it's somebody else. So you better get it. <laughs> the tragedy of the commons, bro. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> no, it's why there's like, it's why we're, we're at where we're at. Yeah. It's because we can't agree like, and somebody's going to take it. If there is a resource that can be exploited, somebody will take it. And oh, yeah. we as humans, there is somebody out there greedy enough to do it. And there's enough people willing to want them to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody is well, like... Well, we've compartmentalized everything too, so you don't even have to think about it. Right, no. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, extracting the lithium from the mine. Right, right. I'm not, you know, extracting the phosphorus from the desert in Morocco. Right. I'm not creating the radioactive gypsum in Florida. Right. You know, well, I didn't do that. You know, like, yeah. but I am. Yeah. I'm I, I, I am. I'm, I'm doing all that. Yeah. You know, like every single bit of it. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough. I, I think, you know, for me, as I, the more I learn about it, the more I try to make conscious decisions. Right. And, you know, yeah. And, it's it's so hard because a lot of times you don't even know it. Like it's you just like oh I want an iPhone. I mean yeah. Event, and, but yeah. The, also on the other hand, I would have never learned about this information if I didn't have the iPhone. Right. And right. The, so it's like oh man. Yeah. And if you think about the best, uh, the most sustainable. What are they? I was just thinking about this the other day. Or some. Sorry, I was listening to a radio program about this the other day. The most sustainable iPhone is the one you have. You yeah. Use it as long as possible. Yeah. Do not upgrade until you absolutely have to for some stupid reason. Right. This is a phone. Right. And a communication device. Until yeah. it ceases to function is that. Don't. Like, don't upgrade. Yeah. That is the worst thing you can do for the planet. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. Just things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, use it up, wear it out, do with or do with that. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I've been doing things, too, where, you know, because we use it so much for everything else, the iPhone. You yeah, know, it's, it's this and everything else, and it's like, man, is it, am I? Is it a tool that I'm using, or is it, or am I the tool? You open a beer with it, right? Am I the tool <laughs> of it? You know, is it using yeah. me? And I've been thinking about. I've talked to, to people about this, where it's like I see the Amish, and there's a lot of garbage in the Amish community, but then they have their phone booth at the end of their driveway. I'm like, maybe I need to put my phone right when I walk in, because yeah. at one point phones were on the wall. You know, why are they now? Everywhere and with the radiation, who knows what it's doing yeah. in my future? Dude, generation. I remember when I first got a phone, and I was like, "No way am I wearing that on my body." Yeah, and now I'm just like, "I'll put it in my breast pocket, right next <laughs> to my heart." All right, I'll listen to my podcast all day on the speakerphone. You know, like it's oh, great. God. Yeah, I remember being paranoid about that years ago, and yeah. I'm just like, "Oh, this is fine. It's just passive." Yeah, you have that little dog sipping sipping coffee with the flames around it. Yeah, this yeah, that fine. meme. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> Everything's great. Exactly. There's no problem. Here. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Obfuscate, obfuscate, bro. <laughs> Put on the freaking blinders. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just learning to live with less, or like, I am a, I, I feel like a super consumer. You know, like I buy a lot of shit. Like it's usually. Yeah. I was just thinking about today. I'm like, wow, I just spent like 130 dollars on blueberries, but I just spent 130 dollars on blueberries, yeah. right? Like that's that's food. Yeah. Like, and it's supporting local farmers too. Yeah. And you can freeze them. They're good for you. Actually, uh, it was cheapest frozen. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. I went up to the Blueberry Ranch on my way home from Michigan today, and like, I stopped at one place, and um, they were selling fresh, uh, fresh picked, thirteen dollars for five pounds, and I was like, "Hey, you should charge more." Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> well, not cheap, but like, after after I left, I was like, "Damn, I should have tipped them." Yeah. Like, I asked him. I was like, "Are these machine picked or hand picked?" Oh, he was like, "Oh, they're hand picked." Yeah. And I was like, I was like, bless your fucking. But it's their children. You don't know it, but it's child labor. They're, they're out I'm there. fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> my my wife. I wish I would have been picking blueberries <laughs> when I was a kid instead of playing video games. My wife, her uh, grandparents owned a blueberry. You pick blueberry farm. Really? So unfortunately, they tilled up most of it for now corn because they've kind of sold. But they still have yeah. like four acres, so we go out and pick. Yeah. And I'm over there like bumbling, and she's just like. Because she spent her no, summer. Oh, she's good picking. at it. Oh, yeah. Wait, does she have a picking bucket? She has a picking bucket. She, yeah. Uh, she knows how to. Dude, if you go, man, it's whenever so cool. I go blueberry picking, I take my picking bucket and people are like, whoa. Well, and I'm like, I'm here, for the, I'm, I'm here for the bloobs. Yeah. Right? And they are so good. Right off the vine, there's something so just. It's, are you telling me you steal from the U-Pick place by eating Oh, it, well. They kind of know you do. Uh, yeah, I know. I think they factor that in. <laughs> yeah, they I think must. They, they I hope to. they do. When we go to her grandparents, they, they don't sell it anymore, so it's just we can pick whatever we want. That's so, awesome. And I've been making blueberry. I'll, I'll pick a bunch and make blueberry beer. So that's been- Really? Yeah. Uh, that's been my, my thing. I'm trying to perfect the perfect blueberry beer blueberry so that I can then beer. send it back to the family. Oh. You know, pick a bunch and then- Yeah. Yeah. Then they all have- That's pretty, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Dude, well, yeah. the fruit of the earth, man. I know. Like all these. We're trying to grow blueberries here, not so well, but I w- you either. Also- it sucks here, dude. Yeah, it's sandy. It needs to be sandy. Well, we have sandy loam, but I'm gonna dig my blueberries up this year. Yeah, they have they have done nothing. Yeah, like they have not grown. It takes like five years before they bloom. Like, I've, uh, I've had blueberries, really, but the bushes have stayed the exact same size for the past like six seven years. The ones that I mean, they're up. Here, you know, what I mean, at the at the farm. Yeah, because they're they like it there. Yeah, my blueberries hate my property, <laughs> and I'm sad for that. <laughs> I'll say I that thought I was gonna have like a blueberry hedge. It you know? would be so sick. That I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like cut it all nice. <laughs> and, like it would be like the sexy ass blueberry hedge. Yeah. No. No. No, they hate it. It's unfortunate. It is. Yeah, we can't figure it out either, but it's okay. Well, well, I was going to say this, dude. You're, I know you know. You may feel like you're a consumer, but your property and lifestyle is inspiring to others. Oh, I and know. We've taken inspiration from it. That's like the people. vision thing. It's like people don't know what they can do until the they seed, see it. The seed you've planted is multiplying. Yeah. Well, I you hope know? so. I, I hope so. so. Yeah. And that's the – thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you coming at me, bro? <laughs> so I'm not used to this in my food. I know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I think about that a lot. It's like you don't know what you're looking for. And sometimes you have to see, you have to see it. Yeah. And so I hope, and I'm, that makes me really happy to hear that, that like people look at that and see a possibility. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's a different it's way. It's attainable. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And like they Something see me and my for. dad out there working, do stuff. I'm like, yeah. Like, and that gets oh. you out into the community too. That's what I love about gardening is you yeah. have to be out there working. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be inside playing video. Games. Absolutely. It's uh, as people, much as you want to, but Yeah, and this alley here, man, people there's so many people that go through the alley. Mm-hmm. And when tomatoes are on, you see somebody coming and you're just like, Hey, 
You want you want a tomato? <laughs> they love it. It's so good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Actually, yeah, on a Diaz Diaz Laos. Like I was giving a violin lesson the other night. My dogs are barking. I was like, what is going on out there? I just went and I poked my head out the kitchen window and I opened it up and I was like, Hey, what are y'all doing out there? And she's like, Oh, I was just showing my mom your garden. And I was like, Cool. Sweet. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> she was like, brought her mom by yeah. to show my garden. I was like, cool. Thank you. I got to go back to teaching. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go play some Mississippi hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Like we got some fat beats. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though. Sorry. Oh, I, it's good. I'm we're, vibing with it. I, we should, we should wrap it up. We've done two hours straight. No Can way. you believe that? No way. Yeah. It's only three, three beers. Yeah. Three beers in two That's hours. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> uh, dude, I knew this was going to be a good podcast. Wait, uh, was it all? Was it all right? It was amazing. Oh yeah. Was it good for the you fact time? that you had a freaking V or a, a VW rabbit that you rolled on vegetable oil blew my mind i'm learning things that <laughs> don't do it i do yeah. i want to do biodiesel so bad yeah I i've thought about like water i've seen stuff like that or whatnot what water yeah like i don't know some cop died because he turned uh, conspiracy theory you don't need to listen to it but there's i something that's non-oil i think that'd be so cool like to power something and not i didn't even ask you about my electricity questions do you too. know how much caloric energy is in a gram of like plutonium you should look it up it'll blow your freaking mind like oh, how wow. much caloric you know like calories are a measure of energy right okay like look up the energy density of a gram of plutonium okay it'll blow your freaking mind <laughs> okay like yeah it could power a lot then oh a gram of plutonium will power like hundred thousand homes wow so Big city. it's something stupid like that. Don't quote me on that because yeah, I'm yeah. being an idiot right now. No, like, but it's it's like it's just the smallest little piece pushes of like it. radioactive material can like power a town. Yeah. It's crazy. But when you think about water, it doesn't have the energy density like that. Like Yeah. But something else maybe. Bio, do I don't I don't buy that whole like water powered car stuff. I think really? there's a lot of hooey out there. Yeah. Yeah. Also free energy. There's no such thing as free energy. Energy is yeah. neither created or destroyed. It's the first law of like physics. Really? So it's just out Yeah. Like I how do I, we get energy into our houses? Isn't it like coal plants somewhere out somewhere absolutely else? yeah that's yeah that's the thermal energy that's been stored by the sun by plants oh, sorry not by the sun it's been stored by plants over time in carbon that we are now extracting and that it took like millennia to, to create to this. take this sun energy and turn it into like oil yeah, somebody was telling me, he's like, no, oil's like the blood of the earth. It's totally regenerable. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, over millennia. Yeah. Like, it's not like the sun is just like. It's not happening every day. No, days. it's not happening every day, bro. Yeah. Like, oil's not getting easier to get. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, but, like, they don't really want to go out into the, into, like, the North Atlantic. Like, <laughs> the Norwegians don't really want to go out into these, like, crazy seas yeah, and get oil speed. if there were a better way to do it. Like, and they're not, it's not getting easier to do. Yeah. They're getting the easy shit now. Right. Like, it is not getting easier. Right. It's going to get harder. Like, they found the easy shit. Like, yeah. There's, like, oil wells in Texas. Like, great, that's easy. Let's yeah. do that. Probably, yeah. Well, there's not as many of those anymore. Why? Because we've exhausted some of them. Yep. Yeah. Are there more? Sure. Are they as good? But how many? Exactly. Right. There's a finite amount of that shit. And, right. like, it's not like that oil well just keeps making more magic black gold, bro. Right. 
Like so they burn that, and then that is what powers the generators that brings the the energy to our houses. Well, I mean, I'm asking at a high level. I think energy is magic. It is. Well, it's not magic. To me, it is. Yeah. Because uh, it's a magnetic so... field. It's like it's basically collapsing and expanding magnetic fields that do everything. That's it. It's creating magnetic. Fields. You're saying magic to me. I think it's magic too. I mean, well, I think it's physics, but I, energy yeah. is neither created nor destroyed. It takes energy density, like in like coal in yeah in the the sun's rays. Like you have to have like a source of something. Yeah, the whole free energy thing. I've got friends that are really onto it, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Well, look, this guy had this thing, and it made a light bulb go on." I'm like, "Okay, well, make a make a steel plant run, yeah. Like scale that up and tell me how big that is, yeah. Like, okay, it's free energy, yeah, like, small level, but yeah. right. Like, how big does that thing get to like smelt steel into like a skyscraper, right? Like, think a little, okay." Yeah. Oh, there's free energy. There's energy everywhere. It's just like, what is the density and how much can we harvest and like, what can we do with it? Yeah. How can we do it? You know, like, and fusion isn't rocket science either. It's how the sun's powered. It's just that that happens to be, I don't know. I don't know how the sun works. It's helium and it's, it's just incredibly high temperatures and it's just fueling itself and it's going insane. Yeah. You know? It's a ball of... It's just a big ball of hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, real. Right? And then you need it. Like, if you don't have vitamin D, it's like, Dude. that's massive to... Yeah, we need, we need it's, the sun. It's so like, weird. It, it's magic. The sun is powering yeah, everything on this planet. Yeah. It, Although, like, if you want to... Okay. Wow. There's so much energy in in the crust... Oh, sorry, below the crust of the earth, in the, in the core of the earth. If you... The entire planet could easily be powered by geothermal. Okay. And there are people working on deep bore geothermal right now, which is like the next wave of geothermal. Like I've been to the Azores and it's mostly geothermal. Like, you know, that's why those fucking crypto people go to these mm-hmm. places like Iceland because their energy is incredibly cheap. Yeah. Like you go to Iceland and it's like your your They're power bill is crypt- your power bill is nothing. Yeah. You know why? It's because they have huge pools of lava yeah. close to the surface and they just make steam and they make power that way. So huh. they don't have to import natural gas, coal, anything like that. Yeah. It's just there. They make electricity from the hot water that they generate. It just pushes and yeah. anywhere you have active makes ge- the magic happen. Yeah. Anywhere you have active like fault zones, like um I know uh, El Salvador is using their volcano to run Bitcoin bonds. And it's just, it's fascinating. Because yeah. then they, they. I fucking hate Bitcoin. But whatever. I hate but, crypto. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. It's cool though. They the, go to these places doing. where energy is cheap to like mm-hmm. waste human resources on idiocy. <laughs> yes, they do. So good for them. But. Uh, that's also, Bitcoin's magic too. You know, Bitcoin's they're using magic, magic to make more magic. It's. Yeah, but it has yeah, to be trust. I know. All I know. current wait, trust is the only real currency. Mm. I have never heard money spoken about in such a truer sense, but it all is trust. Really? Yeah. It's like, do you believe that this thing is worth was what oh, it's worth? Yeah. We all have to believe it in order for it to be true. It's that's so great. Yeah. It's it's very crazy, but it's the absolute fact of economics is that yeah. we all have to buy into this idea. Yeah. That what the what this thing is in front of us is worth as much to me as it is to you. Yeah. 
It's crazy. It is crazy. Even like, you know, oh, well, you may say gold, but even gold. Like, oh, it's, it's just so a precious stupid. metal. Yeah. It's so, oh, the gold standard. It's yeah. the only way it's worth something is if somebody wants to buy it. Right. That's the only way it's worth it. Otherwise, it's just it a freaking things, chunk of shit. Yeah, same as steel might be worth more. Or, yeah, you know, or like uh, meat. You know what I mean? That's worth way more. Food's worth way more. Food? Because yeah, it's consumed. I always say more. that. I'm like, you can't eat gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or a dollar or Bitcoin. Or a dollar. You can't <laughs> yeah. eat any of that shit. Yeah. So, wait, we're going to wrap up soon. But yeah. wait, that whole. Um, we get back to geothermal electricity here. Electricity. Yeah. yeah, they're working on deep bore geothermal right now. There are companies out there that are working on anywhere in the world. If you dig down far enough, it's hot enough to generate the steam. Oh wow! So if you can figure out how to do that, you can set up geothermal plants anywhere around the world. Oh wow! And once they like figure polar. that out, it's done. Yeah, like it's free. That's and then you're not having to use this well, finite resource. Well, it's not free because it's, it's going to take everything costs something. But right. like, it's sustainable. It's not radioactive. It's not moving water. Yeah. It doesn't require. It requires water, but in a closed loop system. You don't have to worry about clouds. You don't have right. to worry about. You don't have to worry about hydro. Like you don't have to dam up a river. You don't have right. to change ecosystems. Right. Yeah. When I was in the Azores, man, they just had these geothermal plants. They're just chilling. Yeah, anywhere you have like hot springs and shit like that. It's energy moving. And then you, we harvest that energy and then we send it to people's houses. Exactly. And then they put we would take it out of lights like, out of nowhere. <laughs> Just and so be better they, off for it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, I need these thousand lights in my house so that I may see who knows what. Right. Yeah. It's like, the now, hand old, of God come down. <laughs> yeah. Like, old people need a little more light. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Like, in bathrooms and places where they might fall. Like, you don't want. Yeah. There's, there are some things with that, but. Yeah. It's, it's 50 cans, 80 cans, not needed. Yeah. But. And they would readily admit it, too. I've I'll had tell a conversation you what, with these people. It too. brings up the uh, value of my house when I have, right? <laughs> Wait, when you have 50 cans? Yeah. Right? It definitely does. No. Oh, yeah. Put them in the walls, too, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You put like heat lamps in them, be like a little lizard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, oh my god. Gosh, unless they're growing something inside, then you. Need Wait, what are you talking about growing? Right. Nothing. Dude, got to wrap it up. No, 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 no. <laughs> now I can get up. We can get on to growing marijuana up in Michigan because I I've been on this route, you know, like going to this job. Yeah. That I haven't been going to, and yeah, there's a <laughs> the job that you have in Indiana. But exactly, you little, but I have to take a loop up into Michigan. Yeah. And there is a farm that I shit you not is like for the 20. blueberries. Everyone knows for the blueberries because the best blueberries are in Michigan. Sorry, go ahead. All right, keep going. They yeah, do. They do have good blueberries do. up in Michigan. I will agree. Yeah. Um, blueberry Kush. No, I'm just. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah okay. Good point. Uh, good point. But I, f- I was driving by this thing and I'm like, what is all that? What is that? Like, what are they growing over there? Is it tomatoes? No, no. It was 20 acres of weed. Really? 20 acres. I could show you on the Google map. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I was talking to my brother about it, and he works up in Niles. At, uh, yeah. He works for a German company up in Niles. and I bet they have just warehouses. You're, they do. Watch- and he said it stinks. Oh, oh. Like, he works. He's like, right next door is uh, BC Provisions or whatever. And actually, it's funny. Like, I was driving through there today, and I actually got to see where my brother works. So it's cool. That's cool. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he was like, it just stinks. Yeah, it's like, it smells, it like, smells like a skunk. I actually like the skeleton. It smells skunk. But yeah. 
that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Probably not all day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like it when I drive by and I'm like, ooh, skunk yeah. around here. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the same. Yeah. I, I also enjoy the smell of skunk. It's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a nice little walk. But I, I guess if I was there all the time. Yeah. It would get a, a little, it would get a little bad. A buddy who's has like a. It's like a buddy who knows a buddy who knows a buddy, right? This yeah, is yeah, the story. Yeah. But someone that lives in Dewajak, I think it's Dewajak, or some small little town, and all they do is grow weed there. And he's like, the whole town smells like just weed. The it's whole bad, town. It's bad, dude. It's bad. Yeah. It's it's basically, they're doing the same thing to weed and all these like- It's a monocrop now. It is a monocrop. Yeah. It's a it's a commodity crop. You take it, you process it, and like yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in one of these like I've stores. Not. You haven't been to a dispensary. Oh, I haven't been like to a place where they're growing it. You okay, know what I'm saying like I haven't been to where the like a whole grow op is. The dispensaries are a joke. Really, like it's basically like the supermarket, the fast, it's oh, like the yeah. shit food aisle. Yeah, like they've taken. Do you a want plant nerd ropes? Do you want exactly right cookies and cream? Exactly, yeah. it's taking something that is like on God's green earth and turning it into a commodity mm. and turning it into a process. Like, cause anytime you can process something, you add value to it. Yeah. Even if it's the middleman touches it for a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Right. Even if you degrade like the actual essence of it, which you're doing every time you touch it. Yeah. Like you take something beautiful, yeah. like weed, whatever, like, or blueberries. Like, Let's go back to blueberries. Like when they pro, you know, you touch it and you put it in boxes and then you ship yeah. it over here and then they put it in a bag and then they put it onto the right. Like you've now put 17 steps and it does not taste the same as if you were to go and grab it and eat it. And to it's the not as good for you. It's not like what if you go buy like a blueberry pie filling out of a can? Mm, that yeah. shit is gross. Yeah. Right? There's like, no blueberry in there. Well, it's there sugar. is, but it's also like full of, well, and yeah. I like a blueberry pie and I put sugar in it, uh. but I don't also put all the additives and preservatives and everything yeah. else that like makes it shelf stable so that right. I can sell it for 10 years and like, yeah. you know, make a commodity, <laughs> yeah. make a profit, yeah. you know, and like, I don't. Yeah. During I, the nuclear apocalypse, you, you can pop this open. Exactly. And it, be right? like, yeah. God bless America. I got my blueberry <laughs> pie filling. Be like, I've been eating on this for 10 years. And like your this. mouth is rotted. <laughs> And like your kidneys are no shot toothpaste, or but yeah, you just yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're like scrubbing your teeth with the tin can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're yeah. probably gumming it at that point. Yeah, Shit. for real. Yeah. yeah, it's the only thing that actually you know, my you, teeth you, rotted out ten years ago, yeah. but the blueberry pie filling is still going strong. It still got me. Good night. Well, uh, we should probably wrap this up. So good, dude. Jesse, thank <laughs> you so much, bro. No, I I don't know if you want. I I always allow people to say if they want to like if people want to follow them or if you have like places that you want to shout out or things that they can go check out um if you have any of that treesforgoshen.org yep i mean i'll link we don't do shit on that but it's it's, a website you can check it out yeah Yeah. uh especially when you said fall and spring is when you guys plant right those two seasons yeah go plant some trees especially if you need places to plant trees um if you have a spot in your yard that you'd like a tree planted up trees for Goshen. Oh, we would love to. I will personally come and help you plant it if yeah. you wish. We also love it when people plant their own trees. <laughs> That's kind of what we try to get people to do. It's not hard. It's yeah, really but not the hard. tree just shows up. They just put it in. It's super. Yes. Yeah. It's where we are a one stop shop for trees. It's cool. For free with donations if you like. Yeah. Um, Stoltzfus Manor on. Uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. We have some upcoming shows. Robinson and Roa on August 16 over at my house. 
Um, trying to get some other bands coming up here soon. Might be really cool. We didn't even talk about that. That's been some of the most enjoyable things we've oh. done. Is going to your house and just yeah. listening to live music. Dude, There's I There's something to live music. And music. in intimate settings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. really is. Like, you can go to a huge thing, but then, like, in that, there's a little sweeterness to that, like, in an intimacy. I, there's room for it all. Mm-hmm. There is. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I love, I just love, I love feeding people, and I love seeing people enjoying themselves. Yeah. You know? So, that's. Well, it's the sharing. You like to share. That's I, a cool yeah, thing. I guess so. <laughs> Stolzfus Manor on Facebook. I'll link that as well. Yeah. So Robinson and Roa, August 16th at my house, 111 South 7th Street. Oh, just doxed myself. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right over there. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Jay is our minister of propaganda. So he's always. <laughs> I love Jay. Yeah. Right. My I gotta get him on the podcast. You should, That's man. That guy one. can talk. He's yeah. a good man. That's the next one. Um, yeah, he he is like an aggregator for Goshen's music scene through the Stoltzfus Manor mm. site. He should almost just have his own, really. But yeah. yeah, he's always giving shout outs to bands and telling about shows that are coming up. And so if 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 not for just following us for shows that we have at the house. Um, Jay is on top of the music scene in Goshen. So if you yeah. want to know what's going on in Goshen, Talk music scene, follow him. Follow the Stoltzfus Manor, and Jay will direct you yeah, to the right. Our yeah, he's Minister of Propaganda. I love it. Yeah, he's so great. <laughs> I love it. He is good. Dude, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. This man. has been a blast. Yeah, this is fun. This is great. We'll catch you guys on the next Timmons podcast. Bam, 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 bam. Wait, do you have a? Is it over? Oh, you're doing a thing. Yeah. Oh.